1: Folks, to this edition of the Hagman and the Hagman Report, I'm Doug Hagman, the Helmuth Film Investigator Researcher, and most importantly, my son Joe Hagman. Together, we are something I like to call the Hagman and the Hagman Report. We've got a great show lined up for you tonight. Um, got some streaming issues, so if you're if you're listening or if you're watching this live, you may have some glitches. Unsure exactly where that is coming from. Uh, before we get started tonight's show, I want to just welcome everyone and remind people. Portions of tonight's broadcast brought to you by ProFlowers.com. Guys, have you have you taken care of the your wife or your mom for Valentine's Day? Well, if not, ProFlowers to the rescue. The pros at ProFlowers they've got you covered, folks. Visit ProFlowers.com. That's ProFlowers.com. Use our use our keyword or uh, code promo code Hagman H A G M A N N. And that's ProFlowers.com promo code Hagman. Now, for those of you just joining us, well, I guess that's most of you, right? Given the fact that we just began a streaming, for those of you joining us live, um, I did a I did a video, and it's on our channel. If we have an opportunity, because of the streaming issues, we're going to play that for you, and you can uh, you can get an idea of. Um, What the situation in Burns, Oregon was all about, that situation ended today, about uh, about five or six hours ago, where the four remaining protesters outside the Burns, Oregon encampment, they did um, stand down and uh, submitted themselves to authorities, the federal government, the FBI. And Chris Ann Hall, who we're gonna have on the show at some point as soon as we can get our schedules together, uh, we'll be talking about that. She played an integral part in um, in brokering the stand down with the uh with the Patriots and the and the federal authorities. Now we're gonna be addressing the the situation in Burns, Oregon today, or the first hour. In The second and third hours, Dr. Michael Lake will be joining us. Doctor Michael Lake, is just a fantastic fantastic uh uh, author and evangelist researcher bible expositor uh is going to be joining us hours number 2 and 3 looking forward to that uh good friend of the program very very intelligent man very very smart smart guy so that's hours 2 and 3 the first hour we're going to be going over really the backstory of burn oregon what is going on what happened what started all of that and you know what folks uh this this story and it, it it's it saddens me to to really to believe that, uh, basically, I was gamed. No, you know, I've been an investigator for thirty years, and uh, I, you know, I, I was gamed about what Oregon was all about. I didn't really understand the story, and very few websites on the internet uh, have the backstory that allow you to understand really what's going on. The only, the only, uh, the, well, the real, um, the 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 most concise and up-to-date summary the backstory that i found was on conservative treehouse the conservative treehouse now that they've got a, a they go back into the 1870s but what has taken place in burns oregon with, with the grievance of the ranchers property owners if you own property in the united states i don't care if it's and I, I think i might have said this in the video um i don't care if you live in westchester county or idaho or florida it doesn't matter This, You better pay attention to what's taking place because one of the key components of the communist agenda is to abolish private property. This is what this is all about. It's an affront to your rights by the federal government. Now, boy, five years ago, I I wouldn't have thought myself to be sitting here saying the federal government, you know, it's bad, um, what they're doing is bad. No, this is criminal. And it's, it goes even beyond criminal, it goes into pathological. But I'm here to tell you to the conservatives now out there, to the conservatives, if you are a conservative, or you say, I'm a conservative, and you, and you have been a keyboard warrior and standing there, you're sitting there at your desk and saying, oh, these are idiots, you know, and, well, they should stand down, or they deserve to be shot. Let me tell you something, okay? they have more guts and had more guts and and have the moral high ground. I, I I see that phrase bandied around all over the place. Oh, they don't have the moral high ground. B.S. They have the moral high ground. They have the moral high ground. We have the moral high ground. And you damn well understand that your rights right now are being trampled on by the federal government. These people took a stand. All right? These people took a stand. And for you out there, the self-procursion, Professed, uh conservative to sit there on a, in the comfort of your own home on your keyboard, professing to understand the situation when you don't have a clue. Shame on you! Shame on you! Now, I spent three hours last night after the show. Three hours after the show last night, a recording, listening, and recording the um, the audio feed. Now, uh, the the there was a live feed, and uh, we got. I mean, 800, 900 emails I got, um, even some personally. Hey, cover this, cover this. Cover this live feed. Cover what's going on in Oregon. Uh, I I really considered it. I I, I did. In fact, I was going to call you, Joe, and have you come back to the studio last night. Hey, I would have done it. I was going to have you come back, or come this morning, too.
2: Well, I, three,
1: it was like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, and I stopped, in, uh, or 1 o'clock. I don't know what time it was. And then this morning, um, mm-hmm. I got up and came to the studio and started watching that real early and uh, and listening to it real early, the live feed. And I uh, continued right through their stand-down. Notice I'm not saying surrender to, to, to the FBI. I'm, sta- I'm saying stand-down. Now, one thing I didn't say in the video, um, is there were four holdouts, if you will, if that's the right word. Three walked out of there without incident. The fourth, David Lee Fry, 27-year-old guy from Ohio, um, kind of, no, things kind of went sideways, if you will. He, uh... Uh, i you know I, look i'm not, i don't presume to know what was going on in his head, but he held out for another hour or so and was kind of talking about some crazy stuff and at one point he said look i 'm going to kill myself you know i 'm not going to be taking lives so i 'm going to kill myself and it was just uh, it was hard to listen to, but the reason we didn't go live and i 'll just say this now to broadcast this and, and again, I got hundreds and hundreds of emails to say go live it reminded me um I guess at the end of the day, I was trying to think, well, what, it's already being memorialized on, on audio. I was memorializing it privately, uh, using our studio equipment. So, so what would be the, the, the purpose of getting it all out to the, you know, getting it out, uh, in real time? I, I didn't see any necessary or anything necessary to do that. That was my judgment call. You know, it's up to you. Um, it was it was up to me, and it was kind of up to you to to criticize or, or to support that. I, it doesn't matter to me. That was a decision I made. Um, it kind of reminded me in a way of like an O.J. Simpson chasing the white Bronco and airing that, and everyone cheering and stuff, and both sides cheering, and it, that's what I saw. It it actually it devolved into that situation on on that live stream. At one point, there were I don't know thirty some, or I think last night it was like twenty some thousand that were watching it or, or listening to it live on a YouTube live stream, and the comments were abhorrent. Sh- shame on 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 those people who came in and commented. Um, you know, well, I'm not even going to get into the, the the raunchy comments, but but shame on you. Um. But, but really, more importantly, what gets me are the so-called uh, conservative Christians, and, and of which I was one, I suppose. Saying this is not my fight. Well, yeah, it is my fight. Yeah, absolutely, and it's everyone's fight. No, I'm not talking to the progressive, liberal, Marxist idiots out there. I'm not talking to you at all. All right, you, you go, you know, keep uh, hugging a tree, or, or you know, whatever you do. I don't know. No, I don't care about you guys. Or I mean, I mean, I don't, in terms of this, in terms of the context of this uh, situation. But if you're if you're a conservative Christian out there, you better pay attention. Go ahead
2: and, and thank God that it ended without further bloodshed. Yeah, um, you know there were times, uh, and, and you know the night that the uh, arrest happened with Bundy and Finicum was was shot dead. I, I stayed up till five in the morning listening to the um, different from the the ham radio broadcast to the live streams that were coming out of there and the talk was kind of what you reiterated the one guy was how he was talking last night you know uh, they're not going to live Um, and Joe we we have all of this on video or
1: on uh, archived on we we have this yeah we've got two different hard hard drives and we have it all archived the the audio so uh, from the um, negotiations early this morning or from the early this morning when they were Standing down to the federal authorities to, or the FBI to, uh, uh, to the last man out. And Chris Ann Hall, the constitutional attorney, Joe, uh, you didn't really get the chance to hear what I captured. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> what I'm going to do <clears throat> is, um, uh, I'm going to, after the show tonight, I'll probably spend some time in the studio, uh, uh, editing down the audio. She did a marvelous job. And it's an unenviable position when you are in that, in that position of, um, uh, talking to to four people and and they're they're in a very heated exchange I mean, I mean imagine yourself uh you you probably have imagine yourself being in a tent and you're you've got a a, a pistol or a rifle or whatever but th- think about having like a half a dozen dozen white or uh red dots on your chest you look down and you see all these little moving red dots okay well that's kind of what where these people were. So, Chris Ann Hall, anyway, uh, was brokering this, the, um, it was part of one of the, the, the people who were brokering the, the, brokering this, um, stand down, as was, uh, Reverend Franklin Graham, who was there on the premises, and, uh, a Nevada assemblywoman. She was there as well. Um, I'm going to reserve comments on her, but I, I do, I do want to say that Chris Ann Hall really, in my view um, really diffused the situation and she walked in as, as not as a negotiator, but as an advisor, she assumed a role as an advisor, in an advisory role and she ended up having to become almost like a hostage negotiator I guess it would be the uh, way to uh, way to phrase it, and, and at one point the guy said I'm going to blow my head off, I'm not coming out here alive put a pistol to his head and she talked well, she and this other guy, the the person who live streamed this, uh, Gavin, um, I don't recall his last name. Um, I talked him down. Now, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna um, armchair quarterback anything because you, you just have no idea what the, on the pressure when you're in that position. You got no mm-hmm. idea what the pressure's like. And I've been, you know, back in the the day, I was, uh, you know, yeah, I, I I've been there, so I I, I don't. At least once. I mean, and I don't understand. It didn't end well. It ended up very badly. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to second guess anyone in this situation. But anyway, if you want to, what we can do is we can, I, I created, or I did a video for my office this morning. Yeah. Let's let's roll that, and,
2: and then we can get into we some, some commentary. Yeah, some commentary, and then some news before Dr. Right. Lake comes on.
0: All right. And, um,
2: yeah. Well, let's do that. How long is the video? I don't know. I oh, know. 15 minutes. Okay. okay. So, All right, well, um yeah, Eric, you can go ahead and uh this gives a, folks pay attention this gives a backstory this is what
1: you need to know, I think Doug Hagman here for the Hagman and Hagman report today is thursday february eleventh two thousand and sixteen coming to you to discuss a very important issue, and that is the brainwashing of the American public, the conservatives especially about the situation in Burns, Oregon, which culminated today with a stand-down of four individuals, those being Sandy and Sean Anderson, David David Lee Fry, and Jeff Banta. Now, what was the situation all about? And I've got to tell you, i 'm saddened by the by the uh, by the lack of coverage by the mainstream media, but I guess we expect nothing less i 'm also saddened mostly however, by conservatives or self proclaimed conservatives using social media to change the nar- narrative as to what this is all about to make the the protesters the people who are standing in the way of the federal government of this land grab to make them out as kooks and nuts and and just uh, Wrong, wrong people, wrong time, and such. It's just, it's, it's amazing to see the narrative being managed and and people falling for this. So this message is to you. If you are on a conservative internet. Uh, website or forum or if you're using social media to demonize these people you better make damn well sure you know what you're talking about because you are part of the problem and I'm speaking to you Mr. and Mrs. Conservative who own property and think well these are just a bunch of whack jobs out there This, this this fight has nothing to do with me think again because it certainly does and it certainly will because at some point in time you're going to be affected if you're not going to be affected your children will be affected or your grandchildren will be affected here is the long and short of what would happen in, in Oregon and, and the basis for this fight. And I, I've found, again, I've found very little about the history and about really what was, this was all about, except for a few internet sites have, have some good information. One, the conservative treehouse, had a, a great summary synopsis of this whole situation going back into the uh, 1800s. And, and I understand, it, it's just a wonderful way to understand the build up for today but really at issue today is the unlawful and unrestrained federal government land grab to take away private property from the individuals here in america And folks, this is what it's all about. It's about denying your right to own land and doing everything in their power to take land that you already own away from you. So if you're listening to this in the comfort of your home in Westchester County, New York, then that's really uh, you better listen to this as well because it's going to affect you. It can affect you, and you're going to be screaming, and no one's going to come to your help if you don't stand up up and and come to the help of others. All right, at the epicenter of all this, just to kind of back up and to summarize, at the epicenter of all this, um, are two individuals, Dwight Hammond, a 73, 74-year-old guy, and his son, Stephen Hammond. Now, they, owned, they own um, a ranch in um, in Harney, Harney County, Oregon. This is the location of the Mulher National Refuge. The refuge itself surrounds the Hammond Ranch it this refuge was established in early 20th century by Theodore Roosevelt declaring he declared it to be an indian reservation and which which was a joke because there was no indians there and a refuge for wild birds and stuff to fly in and such but um it was just it was ridiculous it was a breeding ground for native birds well this Indian reservation without the Indians became this this national refuge this Mulhair National Wildlife Refuge the Hammonds came in in 1964 purchased their ranch in this area and uh, Ever since that time, pretty much, the federal government, via the Bureau of Land Management as well as the Fish and Wildlife uh, Services, began this this full court press against them and ranchers around them to take their property. But not just take it through normal means, hey, we'll buy it from you. No, 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 no. They did everything in their power legally, or illegally, I should say, to take away, make their life miserable, cost them money. It'd be like a vexatious litigant. It'd be like somebody. Um, let's say you're a business owner and somebody wants your business. So instead of you won't you want to sell it to them? Well, they're going to sue you every day or every other week. You know, so you're tied up in court. You're bleeding money. That's what this. But they're or, or you know terrorizing you in other means using other means. But this is the federal government doing it. So again, I go back to the people who are these keyboard warriors, and they say, "Well, these people are idiots, and you know they get what they shoot them. Go ahead and shoot them. Uh, t- shame on you! Shame on you for for taking that position. And you better rethink this." Anyway, during this, uh, since '64, when the Hammonds bought the the, the uh, ranch, and throughout the '70s and '80s, '90s, and into the 21st century, the the federal government did everything to take away this property, and to strip the Hammonds of their rights to own this property. <laughs> Fast forward to the fall of 2001, Stephen Hammond and Dwight Hammond uh, set a controlled burn, a prescribed burn on their property to call the vegetation. Um, later they started the fire, or they started the fire in 2001, and uh, w- what happened was it went out of control, burned 127 acres of federal land. However, the Hammonds were able to control the fire, put it out without the aid, assistance of the fire department, or any resources, federal or county or state resources. It was out. That was it. Fast forward to 2006. A lightning storm came over the Hammond Ranch and that property, the property, the refuge property, started a whole bunch of fires with the grass and vegetation around the, around the property. So what the Hammonds did was they created a backfire to stop the fires from destroying their land and their, their, their building, buildings. Buildings. The backfire worked. It was successful, absolutely 100% successful. It worked. There was no incidents. The fire went out. All right. Well, the following day, and, and this is where it really gets interesting, the following day, the uh, uh, federal agents went to the Harney County Sheriff's Office and filed a police report making the accusation against Dwight and Stephen Hammond for starting a backfire. And they said, you can't do this. A few days after the backfire, the uh, a member of the Burns District BLM office asked, Called up Stephen Hammond, and this should be a blessing to all of us. You get a call from a federal agent. Call up Stephen Hammond says, "Hey, meet me in town for some coffee. Well, I have a cup of coffee. I want to talk to you Yeah, think again before you meet the federal agent for coffee I guess is the uh, takeaway from this, but so Stephen Hammond met this federal agent at a coffee shop. They apparently talked had coffee whatever on his way out. The federal agent, as well as the Harney County Sheriff, Dave Gelrup, arrested. Stephen Hammond. But not only did they arrest him, they said, hey, Steve, call your dad. Have him come down here. We want to talk to him. Stephen complied, called his father, Dwight. He Dwight came down, and bam, they arrested Dwight, too. Well, that was in 2006. Now, you have to understand, uh, this, is, this is right after the lightning storm and the successful backfire management of that. And five years after the 2001 uh, controlled burn, well, <laughs> they were charged with with setting the fires, and uh, this went through the process. So the the the, uh, the county uh, district attorney reviewed the accusations, evidence, and charges. Said, "Look, there's nothing here. We're going to drop the charges." And they did. the The district attorney dropped all the charges. Well, what the federal authorities, U.S. Attorney's Office. What they did, they looked at this and said, you know what, we're not, we don't like this. We already have um, the charges here, so we're going to charge them under a different statute. So what they used was the Federal Anti-Terrorism Effective Death Penalty Act of 1996. Did you hear what I just said? They used the Federal Anti-Terrorism Effective Death Penalty Act of 1996 to recharge Dwight and Stephen Hammond as terrorists, for starting a controlled burn on their own property to save their property and land. Now the federal agents charge them under the Terrorism Act, which carries a minimum of five years and a maximum of death, hence the name. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Now think about what is going on here. Well, all right, so they went to, to trial. Of course, had to spend a lot of money, went to trial. And the trial was was really a, a it was a travesty. All right, I'm not going to get into all the intricacies of the trial, but the jurors were brought in from another county or from from other areas. They are unfamiliar with the customs and practices of ranchers. Uh, the The trial itself, the judge uh, did some things that are questionable at best. Anyway, they were found guilty, and. Now this is a county, or this is the the the, the, uh, the charges under the the uh, 1996 Terrorism Act. They were found guilty, and they were sentenced to uh, months in prison, uh, a period of time in prison. All right. So what happened after that was that, so they served their time, and uh, <coughs> they served their time. They were they were actually sentenced on uh, they were found guilty on June 22nd, 2012. They served their time. For the two two fires, 2001-2006 fires, they served their time, and uh, uh, Judge Hogan, who presided over the trial, sentenced the father to three months in prison, and Stephen, the son, to 12 months in prison. So they served that time. They also had to pay $400,000 to the Bureau of Land Management. That's nearly half a million dollars. Can you believe that? $400,000. Um, the judge overruled the minimum terror sentence. Of five years. No, we're going to just keep it to the three and twelve months respectively. All right. Well, this was not good enough for the federal government. They decided to recharge Dwight and Stephen Hammond. We're going to recharge you under the, the mandatory guidelines of the act. And this is where the real travesty comes in. On January 4th of this year, 2016, Dwight and Stephen Hammond surrendered to serve out the remaining their remaining sentence, at the urging of the U.S. Attorney, the federal government. In other words, the federal government said, "Look, we—you need to put them back in prison. You need to uh, to fulfill their minimum uh, sentence." So now you've got Dwight and Stephen Hammond going to jail for arguably a, a non-offense. All right, serving out not just what they are serving out the remainder of this mandatory five-year sentence under the Terrorism Act. Now, think about that. But the other part of this is they have to pay $200,000 to the Bureau of Land Management plus the stipulation, if they sell their property, if they if they were going to sell the property uh, to pay the $200,000, the first the first uh, person or the first agency that that has the the rights to buy it is the Bureau of Land Management, the federal government. So the bottom line, this is nothing more than a land grab. So you have the ranchers and other protesters understanding what's going on and saying, this isn't right, we're going to help you. We understand now. We do understand that this is not right. So they went to this refuge, which is really the, um, uh, which surrounds the the Hammond's property. They went to this refuge, overtook it, and said, look, you get off our land. You have stolen our land to the federal government. You've taken our land from us. We are going to put a stop to this, and we are going to have the eyes of the world looking at this situation and understanding what's going on. But no one is there at least not from the mainstream media, not Fox News, not your best conservatives. No one is there to really tell people what this is all about. So this is all about, this is about stopping the federal government from taking the Hammond Ranch. This is, end the story, and by, well, um, <laughs> by default, taking your land, because this can happen to you. I hope this clears up the the misconceptions out there and, and I hope this stops the the people uh who really know nothing about this. I, I hope this stops them from, from demonizing the people who are trying to stand up against the tyranny of the federal government. And we're gonna have Chris Ann Hall, the constitutional attorney on, uh just we're trying to work out some schedule issues with her. We're also gonna have Chris Briels on as well, the uh ex fire chief who were who was who quit in protest of the federal government's um highly irregular well I should say perhaps regular at this point tactics in um uh, trying to create an incident within the patriot movement in burns oregon so folks what you've heard everything you've heard about about Burns, Oregon, you you better rethink this. Now if you again if you're a conservative, truly a conservative, I appeal to you. And especially if you're one of means where you've got you have lived your life and you've got property, it, the property that you intend to uh, to will or deed to your son or, or your, your your heirs after your death, you better start looking at this in the proper context. You better understand the federal government wants to take your land from you. They don't want your they don't want your son or daughter or your family to, to inherit your land. In fact, they don't want to wait until you die. They want to take it from you now. So this is what this is all about. So I'm really grieved about the comments um, on other websites and, and Internet forums, the people that, that are are absolutely clueless or willful, either willfully ignorant or uh, trolls, if you will, to change the narrative and to make this into something it's not. It's not about anything except this massive overreach by the federal government to take away your rights and your land. And at the at the really at the, the cornerstone of our constitutional rights is our is our ability to uh, to own land land ownership. That's what it, that's really at the at the forefront of all this. So, folks, please, uh, you know, understand. Really, take time out to understand really what's going on. If you like this, and if you if you if I've helped you understand this a little bit better, please share this with 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 other people get the word out and let's not be ignorant as to what's going on let's not allow the press and other media to demonize these very people who shouldn't be demonized who, who stood up, who had the courage to, the uh, cojones to stand up and to make a stand at this refuge and to say, no, you're not going to go any further, not, not now, and we're going to stand up against the tyrannical overreach of the government. They should not be characterized or demonized in any, characterized in any, in any um, fashion other than, hey, we're, we're trying to bring attention to this problem. And they did. The message is out there. It's been heard. Now, I do hope the patriot movement will get behind not just the members who stood in the gap in Burns, Oregon, but everyone who is trying to make a difference. Folks, we need to come together. We need to stick together. And by the way, those people who are looking for the political solution whether it be in your in, in your man trump or in your man no this is not to demonize or to to denigrate anybody whether you, if you're looking for a uh, uh, a political solution in the uh, in the republican uh, or so-called conservative arena you're not going to find it you're going to be sorely disappointed because it doesn't exist we have to fix this at the grassroots level, the problems at the grassroots level. We have to, each one of us, every one of us individually has got to make a decision and say we're going to make a difference. And we have to team up with others, like-minded individuals, and stand in solidarity. This is the only thing, this is the only way we're going to, we're going to enact changes. And if you feel it's too late, well, God did not give us the, um, give us the, uh, uh, God is not instructed to us to to be uh, pushovers all right. We have to stand up together and not consider this a fait accompli. Uh, we know how the story ends, but we have to fight nonetheless and I urge everyone to get together fight and look at the the real big picture here that 's the big thing. look at the big picture, not the smaller things, but look at the big picture and look at what 's really going on here. Understand that there are no political solutions to spiritual problems. This country is embroiled in a spiritual morass like never before. Yeah, we might not be able to to come out of this uh, this nosedive, uh, this country intact. But nonetheless, we have to we have to stand in the gap in the meantime. God bless you, folks. Thank you for listening. Good night. So, so there you have it. I don't know if that explains it well, Um Joe. If I can just take a second here, add a couple of things. Sure. Um <coughs> Having a little bit more time right now, it, you know, this is so insidious. The actions of the federal government is so insidious. What they've been doing, this is not your typical just harassment or uh, your your typical I want your land. All. No, you're you know, you gotta you gotta go back yeah, and I mean, go ahead.
2: This started because of a. Uh, a double jeopardy, a case of double jeopardy that should never have been. The Hammonds were uh, arrested and charged, sentenced, served their sentence for a crime of basically letting a brush fire get out of control.
1: Well, the uh, judge, yeah. uh, the
2: judge stepped in after that they were released and said that their original sentence was bogus and resentenced them. This is what Fox News refuses. And this is what the media refuses to talk about. If they can do this to these people oh, for, yeah. for starting brush fires that they were allowed to start, that did get out of control, but nonetheless, uh, they can do this for anything. Anything. If a judge has the authority after somebody's been sentenced and served their sentence and are out of jail to come back and say, um, your sentence was void and we're going to resentence you, I mean, there is no law of the land. It's anarchy.
1: I I don't think I could add to that. That sentiment. I mean, it's this, the
2: NDAA. It's what it is.
1: Well, it's the the um, the, uh, the civil side of the NDAA. I would say because yeah. but, but you know this this goes back and if people think well this is just kind of under obama or just recent no you know this goes back to 1908 when Theodore Roosevelt um took the uh took land around the uh the Mulher Mud and Harney Lake area up there and took land and said well, i'm going to designate this as an indian reservation however there was no there were no native americans up there and he also explained that to include, like, a, a wildlife and bird refuge. Except, except, though, Joe, listen to this. <laughs> the migratory birds flourish better on private land than they, they did on, on
2: the on the federal-owned land. I mean, imagine Bill Ayers, uh, the weather underground terrorist who bombed uh, Parks Plaza police station in San Francisco, killing a police sergeant and many other, along with other uh, buildings. Who Larry Grathwalt, uh, may you rest in peace, uh, one of our friends, uh, exposed. And he came out after being found not guilty and said, guilty as hell, free as a bird. <laughs> yeah. I wish he, he wasn't resent, more. he wasn't rearrested and, and, and put back under trial. That's right. I mean, this is a dangerous precedent that was set here. I love it when you show your teeth like this. Go ahead. Keep going well, man. I mean, seriously. It, it's just, it's, it's, we have enough problems as it is as a nation. What is it about the Hammonds that caused, that was their original, the original sentence and their original, um, jail term was not enough. Why was it not enough? Was it solely because they wanted the land and because Hillary Clinton sold the, the mineral rights of the, that, that was part of that land to the Russians? That's part of Did it. Did they have to send them back to jail to get that land? Well, I mean, see, what's next? The
1: the, the, the uh, collateral part of that, it, it just doesn't include the jail sentence, but the the fine with a guilty verdict of $400,000. So,
2: they the so they can seize the house. So and, they basically and, should, yeah. I mean, for all, and they might as well have been selling crack cocaine in mass quantities. Out there,
1: there you go. <laughs> and, and, yeah, this is what it's all about. And, and, and this is why, you know, we, yeah, to cover it, to uh, uh, put the live feed out there, we can memorialize what what the FBI did and everything, but it, it ended well. But but to uh, uh, to avoid that appearance of, of blood and cir- or uh, bread and circuses, and uh, I said blood, but I, I guess I was thinking that, you know, it's um, uh, looking at this. The, the this is where I think now, right now, today, um, for those people just getting having an understanding of this now we have to really make it a point so everyone understands um what this is all about and i i know some people i've gotten a couple emails saying you should have done this you know five six weeks ago january 4th or whenever it was well yeah what i should have could have right i mean yeah I, i agree but now we're doing it today all right um I don't see any, any, many of the mainstream media, or hardly any of the mainstream media, doing this. have any, or they're they're depicting they're not them. allowed. That's right. Well, yeah, I, I don't agree. Don't want to. Well, they're, they're they're depicting these people as kooks. No, I understand the the last guy out of there was a little bit, kind of went sideways, and yeah. everything went sideways. But
2: I, but you have to understand too, you're not dealing with. That's what they want you to focus on. I mean, there was a time before the shooting happened. Uh, before the arrest of Amon Bundy happened, where they were negotiating with the FBI, Ammon Bundy was negotiating with the authorities. Then there was a point in time, uh, actually the day or day before the arrest, where the FBI refused to con- continue negotiating, right, ending all chances for a peaceful solution. They chose to put their foot down, and Loretta Lynch had a lot to do with this. Well, you know, I'm and really so did Obama because yes. there was pressure from local and and state politicians to do something and as soon as that article came out you know the very next day is when the negotiating stopped and the very next day after that was when the arrest and shooting took place okay, okay. i wonder how much of the pressure from above caused the actions on the ground
1: well and i'm looking too at all angles including the um the numerology of this and and dare we even go there yeah well, why don't we isn't it interesting um, 2 10 or 2 11 16 the numbers you know look at the numbers again Wh- why out of the entire why during this entire period did they pick this date the uh, FBI and, and, and the federal yeah. agencies why why this day or why yesterday knowing that it would, it would spill into this day presuming it would anyway why because they were in control so they can control the dates and when they move and you know when they do things I- is it a message via numerology in part? Um, and that, that's the other part of it too. But but even staying mainstream, if you will, you know what you said, Joe is, is is absolutely correct. It's they 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 were. I mean, think of this. Here you are, a rancher who gets resentenced under the 1996 terrorism laws, this terrorism act. Um, that. Well, it, it, again. They were they were uh, resentenced. Let me see, let me see here. I just want to make sure I've got the name of this act right. Correct. It was the uh, 1996. Uh, yeah, okay. I only have about seventeen or eighteen pages worth of, of notes here on this, but it was the uh, it was the terrorism act in 1996 that uh, that basically they, they were facing death a death penalty for for what they did death penalty Now, can you imagine being arrested <coughs> over over maintaining your land doing something that's that's been done for a century and facing the potentially facing the death penalty and yet you, you, and we have yet we've got keyboard warriors uh saying, kill him kill him you know go ahead shoot him shoot the terrorists shoot the terrorists well, I guess by definition or or by legal definition according to the feds they are terrorists, right? But you know what? You're going to find yourself in that position. You're going to find yourself being labeled a terrorist. You're going to find yourself not having land because or, this is all about the, the land and the and what you said about the the uh, the federal mineral
2: stuff going on. And if you're not the one being called a terrorist, you will be the ones Telling on and, and and you know sucking up to the the jackbooted thugs that that are running this police military state that we see in front of us and doing so you know for uh, scraps of of and morsels of food to keep yourself alive as the uh, economy collapses. Um, not to, to switch gears here, but there is major economic news. Oh, this is the incredible! The world economy is trembling. The headlines from NBC, MSNBC, Fox News, um, talking like this, is the U.S. economy running out of gas? Uh, Gerald Salente did an excellent story where he stated that the global crash of 2016 will be twice as devastating as the 2008 crash. And one thing, he, he says the world is scared to death of deflation and it's going to... Uh, he says people should be scared. People should be scared to death of deflation, and it's more than just oil prices that are deflating. According to Bloomberg's Commodity Index, commodities have now plunged to 1991 levels. It goes on from there. We're looking now at the panic of 2016 and the second round, what has... Uh, uh, politely been called the Great Recession. In many countries, it's going to be a full-blown depression. That's why our prices are plunging across the globe along with the stock markets. And let me add, uh thank you again, Larry, the Baltic Dry Index is not getting any better. It was down to 290 yesterday. A res- a don't a resident, know what uh, it had today. Guy, Larry M. Yeah. from Santa Clarita, California, resident Baltic Dry Index guy. Go ahead. Sorry. Give credit where credit's due. What is it? Larry sent us an update. Um, He says there was no change in the Baltic Dry Index today. It held firm at yesterday's close of 290. Thank you very much, Larry. Uh, No change is um, so 290. And, you know, every day that it continues to move down, it hits its new all-time low. This is still its new all-time low. And in May 20th of 2008, it was at 11.00. Thousand plus. L- look at what the metals are doing. Where are the metals? The gold is yeah, up. Gold went up at five percent today. Something like that.
1: It, it was, um, you know, it was at. Uh, here I got it right yeah. here on on Solente's site. Um, and silver went up, and you know they're calling. And I used to, you know, I used to wonder um, about about the about the precious metals. I used to wonder, well, geez, you know, could the could we see highs like a. Hundred dollar silver.
2: You don't want to live in. What I've heard been yeah. many times by many economists. You do not want to live in a in a world where you know you have ten thousand dollar gold and and uh, you know one hundred fifty dollar silver. But the gold, let's see, it came in today uh, at a close of eleven ninety six. It is up. Uh, <coughs> wait a minute. Wait. Whoa, whoa. What did you just say? Oh, oh I'm sorry. Wait. Today's the
1: eleventh. Twelve thirty seven. Twelve forty. 1240.50.
2: Okay. Good. Uh, oh, this, this is
1: what I'm getting on, on the spot price as we speak.
2: 1246.40, up $49 today. Okay. All right. And silver, um, 15.78. Silver. And that was down at, fi- at 1430 um, in the last two days. Yeah, I just want to correct this, or I just want to make sure people are aware of this.
1: We're talking in real time right now. Gold is at $1,240.35. It did drop $8.55. In the last half hour. So, um, 1240.35 and silver is at, uh, 15.78. Why is this important? Is it because we all want to get rich on silver and gold? No, 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 no. These are indicators. This is kind of like taking your, your temperature or taking the temperature of, of a, of a loved one or a child who's sick and saying, Hey, man, we better get, to, we better get the little Johnny here to the hospital because little Johnny's running a fever. And in this case, the economy is running a really bad fever. And um, it, it, it's looking real bad. So, you you know, I'm, I'm glad you're, like, you're, this is great. You're really pushing a lot of stuff, a lot of buttons today. Before we continue, I just want to say hello to Bernadette. Bernadette B, listening live in Ireland. Thank you, Bernadette, for your email. Uh, she writes, I want to thank you, uh, I'm going to, to like to thank you both. Been listening to your show for the past few years here in Ireland. Love it. You've taken me on a journey, educating me on all different kinds of topics. My eyes are now wide open. Here in Ireland, our media is very censored. Being in Ireland, we are thought, uh, we are taught, uh, well, she said, thought the world revolves around us. I'm so grateful for all the important information you've shared with us. Thank you, Brenda. This, this is from our guests, or for our guests, not us. It's interesting that, uh, people, uh, are writing to us, and even in Ireland, what caught my attention here is the fact that the media is censoring. The information. And and this is coming more and more, uh, prevalent, Joe. We've been getting so many emails. People, I can't get your program, or I, you know, it's, you're, you're being censored on, on the search engines and such. So, thank you, Bernadette and others. But yes, getting back to the economy, um, Silver Doctors has got some pretty interesting headlines, Joe. I, I know you saw them. You were on there. Uh, some pretty, uh, I don't even know how to describe them Uh, profane in a number of ways. At a number of levels, profane headlines about the economy. Um, are we, folks, are we seeing, Joe, do you think we're seeing the end game here? Uh, I,
2: I mean, cause we could talk about, about this all day long, but do you think we're seeing the end game play out? Not, well, the end game play out in, in a way. Um, we are seeing the jockeying and positioning. We are seeing what they want us to see. Uh, the end game will be very sudden and what's going to happen is after the world economic collapse um we're going to see a new system implemented and that could very well be the Antichrist system and from there you know what uh, place do Christians have or people who will not take the mark of the beast have in in that world I don't know Hmm. um but as far as as this what we're seeing now i I do believe that this has to be torn down in order for it to be put back up uh They're going to have to call the population just like they talk about with their eugenics just like they want to it's not enough they're not killing people fast enough with the you know four thousand abortions a day and the slow killing through the air water and food. They're going to have to have mass casualty events, whether it's us killing each other for civil war, through civil war for food and survival, or it's all out war with other nations, um, which I would see as being harder to carry out, uh, seeing that, you know, we are uh, just so sick and tired of war as a, as a people. Um, I don't know, but none of it, I do not see it ending well for Christians either way. Look what's happening in the Middle East. And look what has happened in the Middle East to Christians, uh, specifically. You know, millions, this headline uh, it was just today uh, out of London, Syria Crisis, 15 Million More Refugees Headed to Europe. Um, and they say, and rebels say Britain is to blame. But uh, there's also art, uh, articles about the... Uh, white house being chastised about their supporting of the syrian rebels or isis allowing isis to uh, continue their their killing spree throughout not only syria and iraq but swaths of libya aleppo i believe has been captured again Um, i'm gonna have to recheck this headline here um, to see Uh, and more than a million have been besieged in syria Uh, a new un report has claimed so things are not getting better in the Middle East. Things are not getting better in the United States economy. And to compare the, the, what's going on in the U.S. to what's going on in the Middle East is is completely uh, irrelevant and and unfair. Right. But it is um, what we see in the Middle East. Expect to live through that here in America. I guess that's what I wanted to say. No, and I, I, I think you're you're absolutely right. What we see taking place,
1: especially in Europe right now is the template for the United States. And I, th- and I think uh, t- to our friends in in uh, Western Europe especially, um, that's coming here, and even even equally important. It's um, to our Christian friends in the Middle East, this is coming here. When the Bible speaks of Christian persecution and prosecution to persecution, I think we're in for a real... Real long and tough road, and, and I don't believe this is my personal belief. I I am in line with, um, like uh, Pastor Langford and Steve Quayle when we talk about you know the rapture. I'm in line with what they say, uh, having read Pastor Langford's book Revelation 13 revealed. Look, I, I I don't know. I don't know. Okay, except to say, the Bible tells tells that uh, there's some problems coming, and we're going to endure that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Absolutely. so, uh, I, I, my bags are not packed for, you know, for some thing with the rapture. That's just my personal opinion. Look, if, I you, mean, if, you, if, the, if the rapture happens us, and we're
2: taken away? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I mean I, who would, who's gonna complain about that? No. I will uh, not, yeah. what am I gonna say? God, no, put me back! Of course I would not, I would love to be taken out of here without having an enduring any kind of, uh, you know, tribulation, persecution, suffering, it, it, or watching family and, and fellow believers suffer. Of course I'd love to, to, for that to happen. But I don't think, you know, I just don't think it's a, it's a, a an issue that people should and I fight I, about. Right. Cause I don't think anybody truly understands how it's gonna happen. I don't think anybody has it right. I don't, I don't either. I, it, I think it's, it, it depends on, <laughs> I mean, prophecy is written. But why do you think the, the rapture post, pre, whatever is so nonspecific and, and not detailed and talked about? And, you know, the Lord does say uh, hide, you know, yourself for a moment until the indignation passes over or, um, you know, be be found worthy so you're able to escape all these things. There are clues and hints that, that say that, you know, people will... Survive this, or be taken away, or be protected unscathed. But it also says all who believe in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It also says in the time of the end that the devil's wrath will be harsh because his time is short, and he knows it. And it also says that he's coming for believers. Very well said. Very well placed in context.
1: I right on the money, man. You, you must be really like on. And it, good thing you're even.
2: Small, I was like, reading. Uh, you know small, what I've been reading? Health Masters Vitamins. Uh, the lot, for the last hour before the show? Uh so The U.N. <sighs> new World Religion, <laughs> Lucius Trust, <laughs> Alex Bailey's Crap. Okay, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> a little. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I had some. Uh, well, a, yeah, uh, uh, uh,
1: why, why, why? Research. Isn't this why aren't people talking about this stuff? As opposed to focusing in on the on the on the stupid democratic re- debates, which don't mean a hill of beans in in the larger. You you might as well watch a basketball game or a. Uh, football game. You might as well watch the escapades or ice-capades, escapades, escapades, ice Yeah, those things. I escapades. It don't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, Gary J, thanks for this email. And, uh, he writes this. He said, wow, Doug, you've finally grown a pair. Now wait a second. I had them. I just didn't know where they were. Okay, I just let my wife borrow them for a couple of days. No, no, no. <laughs> What he was referring to about the Oregon situation, he said, "You know, shock that uh, better late than never." You know, but but Gary and, and ladies and gentlemen, I ask your I ask your forgiveness and indulgence with this because. You know, you get people that are yapping in your ear about things and saying, "Okay, this is this is what it's all about." No, 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 no. And I give a lot of credit to the conservative treehouse who really went deep into the history of this. But it takes a level of investigation and research to really get to the bottom of what is taking place. So you're not gamed. I, and again, I, I was talking to Hodges, Dave Hodges, about this, and, and um, he was telling me the other day, "You're not getting it, man. You're just not getting it." And I didn't get it, and I admit this. So if I look, I consider myself relatively, you know somewhat intelligent, I mean, right? I'm not the brightest bulb necessarily, but I guess I'm okay. So if it's hard, if difficult to, for me to understand this, I get it. I get it why the, why the people aren't understanding this. So we, what we need to do is, is is to really stand up and say, okay, now look, everyone's got to know what's going on. This is why I reached out to Chris Ann Hall, and, and again, she's going to be coming on. This is why we reached out to Chris, uh, and I want to thank Ken K from uh, uh, Ken from uh, Caribbean to Midnight, setting us up with an interview on, with uh, Chris Briel uh, the ex fire chief of Burns, Montana. Uh, that's coming. And, but the bottom line here, it's, it's, it's difficult. But really quick, uh, Gary J writes this, uh, don't forget the hunger games aspect of this, the inability to supply our own country with home raised cattle and home grown vegetables. Do you really want your beef from China? Congratulations on a great show thus far. Thanks. But, you know, yeah, you're right. Gary, again, look at the bigger picture, and Gary is doing that. You know, we we've got, we've got the best and most intelligent audience in the world. Go ahead, I'm going to let you have the last
2: minute. We are up against our top of the hour break. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Dr. Michael Lake. He's the author of the Shinar Directive, the Shinar Directive, yeah, um, and his new book. I don't even want to start to pronounce well, <laughs> yeah, this. it's just perfect. a sequel of the Shinar Directive. It's the uh, yeah, Sharia I'm, Imperative, empowering the Shariath, remnant to yeah. raise R A Z E hell. He sent us the table of contents. And uh I'm. If I told him if his if this book is half as good as his last book, it's going to be fantastic. Well, so I, got to, him. I got a chance to. I got a chance to read. You wrote well, the forward to this, didn't you? Well, yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to oh, use it or not. Forward by Doug. Hayden. Oh yeah, I, I guess he is. is. Okay, we'll be right back with Doctor Lake on the other side. Stay with us.
0: This is the Global Star Radio Network.
1: And welcome back, folks, to this edition of the Hagman and the Hagman Report. I want to say hello to all of our listeners We're who are listening to this broadcast worldwide. This is truly a worldwide transmission of people listening in uh, the U.K. right now, Ireland, Australia, uh, New Zealand, I'm checking in Central and South America as well. I want to say hello to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for your belief and trust in us. Rather than watch the uh, theatrical performance of the Democratic nominees for uh the ticket for the president uh, you might as well tune in uh, to us you should tune in to us as opposed to that because that is just mere theater and have we got a really great guest coming up here momentarily before we get into the program I want to mention that you know we've got three days what three more days and then Valentine's Day it's Sunday isn't it Sunday right yep. Yeah. now if you celebrate Valentine's Day folks I, I if that's what you do then you're looking for flowers. I can think of no better place than to get your flowers from than ProFlowers, proflowers.com. If you're tired of getting the gifts wrong for your wife or for your mom or even for your daughter, take this opportunity, and it doesn't have to be Valentine's Day, even after Valentine's Day or in the week leading up to it. Right now, you can you can actually get good deals of ProFlowers, but tell that special person you love them. Give them the gift of flowers. I said yesterday... You know, I wish I had sent my mom flowers, um, for Valentine's Day, because you don't know when that person, or got, or got my flowers, or got my mother flowers more, because you don't know when the, the person, you don't know how long you're gonna have with that person. Show them you love them. And, and this to me is, is very close to my heart. This is Valentine's Day, folks. Trust the experts are pro, experts of pro flowers. They give you the confidence that, your valentine's day will be done right again if that's if you celebrate valentine's day do that uh pro flowers that's the place to go right now folks pro flowers is offering our listeners two dozen assorted roses plus a free glass vase for just 29.99 or you can really be a hero upgrade to long stem roses with a cherry red vase a beautiful vase and and chocolates for just 9.99 more and who doesn't love chocolates well many I, i just i sent this to my wife I, and she gave me a big hug when I got home from the studio. Folks, go to proflowers.com. Use our code Hagman. That's proflowers.com. Use our code Hagman. Proflowers.com. Use our code Hagman. Don't wait until this weekend. Send them right now when her coworkers get them or see what she has gotten from you and, and gush and say, oh, what a great husband, what a great father, what a great uh, son you've got. Or It doesn't matter. What a great gift. You'll know you did valentine's day right or whatever the occasion pro flowers it's a very quick easy website to navigate they give you uh, suggestions as well and you know what delivery for valentine's day is guaranteed right now pro flowers are they're guaranteed to last at least seven days or your money back and i've seen our flowers last a couple of weeks it's just amazing You can't beat the price. You can't beat the convenience. You can't beat the quality. ProFlowers, they take care of all the details. You get the glory. Go to ProFlowers.com. Click on the blue microphone in the top right corner and type in Hagman. That's ProFlowers.com. Click on the microphone and type in our code Hagman. It's a great. Don't wait. Order today. By the way, this deal expires Friday at midnight, so do it today. Do it
2: now. Do it tonight. Do it. Just do it. Absolutely. Uh, Pearl flowers, fantastic, and especially for Valentine's Day. Got to show the people you love that you love them. And the flowers are phenomenal. They are one of a kind. And uh, I'm still waiting for my wife to receive hers, which they should be have gotten there today or... Uh, since I didn't get a text message, I'm assuming that they'll get there by tomorrow. Well, no, I tell you, it's it's amazing how quickly uh, mine were. I think 24 hours it was just great. And last time I, I, as you said, last time I ordered from Pearl Flowers, they lasted like two and a half weeks or longer. It was a, a unbelievable amount of time. Can't beat the quality. And uh, my wife actually saved the petals and, and book, and, and she likes to do things like that. So, anyway, our guest tonight, Mister Mister Doctor Michael Lake. Um, he's been a, a guest on the show uh, before. He is a speaker, an author, uh, and so much more. His le- his last book was The Shinar Directive, and that was just a fantastic book. Uh, folks, if you have not had a chance to read it... Um, that was an incredible book. It yeah. still is. It's, uh, I, I refer
1: to it often, um, folks. The Shinar Directive by Dr. Michael Lake. You cannot believe the amount of information it's got in there. Now, his new book... Uh, the Sharif imperative, empowering the remnant to raise R A Z E hell. I guarantee you, you're you're going to
2: be blown away by what is in this book. Absolutely, and despite the forward, yeah, despite it, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm sure the book is going to be fantastic. And he sent over a list of the table of contents, Doctor Lake. It is great to have you back on the show.
0: It's a pleasure to be with you guys tonight. Oh, man,
1: thanks so much for taking time on your busy schedule. We know, I mean, Dr. Lake has been working uh, really 24-7, and he's uh, he's, a, he's a tired camper tonight, but he's a trooper coming on tonight to talk about uh, all things necessary we need to get, get into. What do you want to get into right now, uh, Dr. Lake? What do you think is important uh, to, to opening shots? What do you think?
0: Oh, well, I, I think one of the things I'm trying to do with this book is to really open up our eyes to the understanding of spiritual warfare the spirit realm uh... you know we're hearing from people all around the world that raise up and try to do spiritual warfare and they're getting their lunches eaten mm. and it's because we we have not been fully taught from the word of god uh... we don't know the protocols for warfare nor do we even understand what powers the uh, the enemy in his camp and so we 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 try to do things not knowing that we're waist deep in his territory uh, in his sludge, and then we try to combat him, and wonder why we almost drowned. And so, what we try to do is systematically begin to build an understanding both of of uh, our universe. I know I've sent you guys a um, the first chapter where we deal with. I actually try to unify superstring theory in the Word of God, so that we could understand higher spatial dimensions. All of this, you know, all, all this stuff is in the Word of God and as as we begin to flow in these things and, and really understand that we're going to learn how to properly put on our armor and do the warfare that we're supposed to be doing we're going to quit shooting each other and begin really turning our our, our gaze on the enemy and his tactics because I still think that we, we have some things to do before Jesus comes back I, I think we're, we're on the precipice of probably one of the greatest revivals planet earth has ever seen but to do that, we're going to have to grow up. Uh, we're going to have to get back in the Word of God, and and approach God's uh, Word, His full counsel, from Genesis to Revelation, and begin to function in who we really are in the body of Christ in these last days.
2: Amen. And and Dr. Lake, I hope you are correct. Um, you know, we do see a separation in in the church, um, and this has been talked about by many people. Uh, from watchmen to ministers to believers, of, uh, from all parts of the of the globe, they see the the separation between the uh, true believers who are on fire for Jesus Christ and the uh, lukewarm church. Then the separation between the world and the believers, and the uh, conformity of the lukewarm church to the world. Uh, so we as we we see this lukewarm church. Conforming to the world, and the remnant separating itself from that. But the remnant seems so few, and the remnant, you know, is uh, so—I don't want to say defensive, but uh, so—I'm terrorized from false prophets to uh, you know messages of people trying to get their own egos, their own messages, their own agendas out, rather than preach the word of God. Having the wolves in sheep's clothing uh, constantly trying to preach to them and, and, and gain their trust in, in, in order to gain their money that uh, it's become very divisive even amongst true be- remnant believers and the, that that brotherly love uh, that Christ had been an example of and taught us about is not there I mean it, it's there but it's buried beneath this, this skepticism of other people because of how much the church has conformed to the world and how much it has changed from the precepts of the Lord.
0: I I think so. And I I think we're in a time almost like uh, in the time of Elijah that all the prophets of Baal are sitting at the king's table and all the true prophets of God are kind of hid out in the cave somewhere. But I I think that God's beginning to release an anointing for them to come out of the cave. And uh, Mary and I have been hearing from folks literally all around the world uh, I, I am surprised just at, at how many are hearing the same thing. People are waking up to the voice of God. Uh, they're waking up to the reality of the uh, total connectivity of the Word. It's one God who wrote one book. It starts in genera- gen- uh, gen- Genesis and goes all the way back to the book of Revelation. And as they begin to discover that, they also get sensitive to being able to discover men of kindred faith, that your spirit is agreeing with their spirit, not necessarily that they're promising you that if you give to their ministry, uh you're gonna have the best donkeys in the land, you're gonna have, you know, money raining from heaven. What people want the what the remnant want are is truth. They don't want it watered down, they want it straight, and they want it given to them in love. And if they begin hearing that, they they begin getting excited and begin to re engage in the things in the kingdom.
2: Amen to that um, before we go any further Dr. Lake I, I just saw this and I uh, apologize I must have skimmed over it when we were uh, going through our email exchange you have a special promotion tonight and uh, can you, you want to announce this to our listeners and we'll put yeah, this up on the bi- website
0: at uh, Biblical Life Resources which is store.biblical-life.com we have a lot of the things that uh, for years, I've taught for Biblical Life College and Seminary. That you can now just simply buy the studies to go through. We have a lot of resources, uh, but right now till the end of the month, if you type in the coupon Hagman, you'll get fifteen percent off any any of the resources that you purchase on our website.
2: Well, that's fantastic, and we thank you so much for that. We will definitely put that up on our website, and I'll post it in both chat rooms here that we got going. And I didn't mean to take take us off topic, and. Uh, off uh, our, where we were, but I wanted to make sure that we got that out there before, uh, as usual, we forget to do things. Um, yeah, so the the body of Christ, uh, there's so many out there without churches, so many out there who are alone, who feel alone, so many out there, you know, who have families who say they're believers, yet they are considered to be crazy because of their uh, their belief in the lord and their belief in the bible and taking what it says literally and as i said earlier you know being on fire for the lord uh between people who are shut in or people who have huge families where they feel alone in what would you say to those people out there about uh how to continue and endure uh, in a way that you know that they they don't need to feel like they are alone because they're not alone
0: one of the things that I share, even with our podcast, and God had me put it at the beginning of it, is to tell the remnant you're not alone. Uh, guys, there are more of us than you could ever imagine. If you would take all the people, all the remnant, that are not going to church anywhere and haven't gone in years, if they would all go to church this weekend, there are not enough church buildings in America to hold them all. That's how big the remnant is. And so God is using technology so that through Hagman and Hagman, uh, through publications like I'm doing through Defender Publishing, uh, through our podcast and many others, the remnant are beginning to connect no matter where they are in the world. And so there, there, there think? is strength. God is using the technology of, of today, uh, to use it for the kingdom to bring us together you know the the ones that have made your show so popular is because the remnant are hungry around the world they want truth and so you know what what you guys are building here is a watering hole for the remnant
2: i like that yeah and that's all the lord that's all the lord's doing i mean we uh um i'm not sure if, you, if we've told you our our past and our history of how we got here but uh just real briefly as private investigators we worked Mainly in New York State. After uh, a lot of the clients and everything uh, that we we did insurance for, a lot they moved to, from Buffalo to New York City. So we would have to get up and, and drive sometimes three to eight hours just to start working. And we did the private investigation work for a long time, and we had a lot of time to sit in the car together and, and listen to different. You know, from Rush Limbaugh to Coast to Coast to <laughs> Sports Radio. And, you know, we started listening to to more alternative media and started doing out of a hobby our own show on Saturdays. And, and that lasted for a good six to eight months. And uh, we got picked up by a, a small network. And uh, we started doing it full-time on January first, 2012. And uh, we haven't looked back since. Hi, for all and, and the Lord has has blessed us with the platform he's continued to build the platform he's continued to bring the people uh not only listeners but guests into our lives and his hand has been upon this operation the entire time because there is no way that myself or my dad or our combined uh powers could ever um we're not that do smart. Anything close to this, and it is only the the Lord that that can do this, and and He and He's done it. Yet at the same time, we know how fast it can be taken away. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, by not con- continuing to to preach sound and, and truthful uh, information, whether it's biblical information or information you know about the news. And one thing that's so disparaging today is to see uh, Christian believers who. Pay attention to mainstream news, like it, and, and believe it as though it is the truth, and to see the disconnect when it's—it's um, it's almost like that spirit of blindness the Lord said He would pour out is being poured out. Um, do you think it will be much worse when the, the the Lord has poured out His blindness on people, or have we not seen that yet?
0: Oh, we've not even seen that yet. <laughs> and That's You know, scary. the good news about the waking up the rim that I got the neatest email today uh, from a guy who's been, you know, listening to our teachings and stuff, and, and he said, he goes, I had to share this with you. So he said, I think I'm finally starting to make progress. He said, I was talking to a, a regular church, you know, church-going folk that just don't, you know, that just buy whatever's being preached today, and he said, I'm sitting there explaining the Word of God to him, connecting all the dots, and he sat there and called me a heretic. And he said, I think I finally arrived. Maybe I'm finally now a part of the remnant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay.
0: It's kind of the, the, the times that we're in, we have been so used to coming up and listening to the prophets of Baal that, yeah. that have taken grace and have pushed it so far that now you can do anything because of grace. That's not what the Apostle Paul said. I mean, the Apostle Paul put this whole list of all these kind of people and said, if you do any of these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he, he calls for us to run from sin, and now we're and now what we have done is we have a theology that is being preached over the years that, that doesn't say that the grace of God changed me. What the grace of God did is it changed God, and now God likes my sin.
2: Yeah, that, almost like the... Um the grace allows the the continuation of sin. I mean, we know we cannot, our own works will never be sufficient enough to earn our way into heaven because that's not something that we can do. We cannot earn our way into heaven through our own works. But at the same time, we cannot sit back and continue the way that we currently live in a sinful lifestyle and say, God's grace will cover my sin without Asking and praying for Him to help us, you know, stop with the sin, and you know, there has to be progress. There has to be growth. And well, I, I for think some one of the reason, things we
0: need to do is change our paradigm. You know, you're you're not saved through works. You know, in in the in the book of Acts, next Acts chapter 15, one of the reasons we have the book of Galatians is you had some of the of the the Pharisees of the school of Shammai telling Gentiles, you're not saved through faith in Jesus, you have to be circumcised to be saved. And so they were preaching salvation through circumcision. The Apostle Paul says, no, it's not of works. But on the other hand, that same Apostle said, now that you are saved, you were recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works. That once I get saved, then I'm established in that, then the character and nature of Jesus should begin taking a hold of me and before where I was compelled to do unrighteousness now the Holy Spirit on the inside of me is empowering me to do righteousness and to do righteous acts in the earth and somehow or another we have disconnected that you know what I always constantly hear is yeah but that's not a salvation issue no it's not it's a kingdom issue you know get saved quit dancing around it, get saved, surrender completely, unconditionally to the Lord Jesus Christ. You trust in his shed blood to save your soul. Now that you're in the kingdom, out of absolute gratitude for what Jesus has done, you roll up your sleeves and you go about doing your father's business exactly the same way that Jesus gave us the example in his life.
2: Amen. Amen to that. Um,
0: So, So there has to be this transformation. And there, there has to be an empowerment to live the word of God before men, so that they can see a contrast between that which is evil and that which is good.
2: Absolutely. Uh, what would advice would you give to people out there who are praying that the Holy Spirit intervenes in their life, and and the Lord, uh, you know, helps them uh, become, you know, the the best believers and and the strongest uh christians that they can be and the most inspired and and you know uh getting up praying in the morning reading their bible yet they continue to read the bible and pray on a day-to-day basis but they're not getting that the motivation that um that drive to the just to not stop seeking to continue and, and uh the motivation well, I, I, you know. I think
0: one of them is we have to daily, and my wife has put a, a whole series of prayers in a little booklet that they can download free at the Kingdom Intelligence briefing site. It's called Prayers Are Release that we need to know how to begin breaking off the influence of Babylon that is set in place guys they use everything from electronics to to stuff in our food, everything that they can possibly use to dumb us down and to begin suppressing us spiritually. And unless you begin to push back at that and begin binding up the power of that, uh, you're you're never going to make a breakthrough. It's 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 learning and you know what what is the enemy doing, you know we've learned how that you know in, in the Shiner Directive how they use television. When you begin watching television, within less than a minute, you go into an alpha state. That's a very receptive state, and then you believe whatever the talking heads tell you on television. But if you plead the blood of Jesus between your eyes and what you see and your ears and what you hear, you'd be surprised at how different your attitude is when you start watching the evening news. The next thing you know, you're yelling at the broadcaster and telling him he's putting forth lies and binding him up in the name of Jesus. It,
1: it, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we have the power, Dr. Lake. And this is one thing that I have to say I learned from you reading your works and um we have the power. Well, it's not just the power, but it's a requirement, because if we are to enter into this this act of deconstructing what the enemy is doing to us, we need to plead that blood. We need to have that, that armor, that defensive mechanism. Uh, otherwise, we could fall into the very um, restraints or the very programming that's, that, that uh, is being put out there. So we need to have that, and we, we have that power to put that forth so that's really interesting
0: it is and we you know we we need to understand you know what what powers the kingdom of darkness was birthed in lucifer's heart when he fell and the bible says that iniquity was discovered in him that he he took an anointing from god and he twisted it to where it is now a violent reaction to to god's ways god's commandments and god's rule and that is what is funding his kingdom but you know you know I've heard a lot of guys come on your show, and it seems like we always refer back to the matrix you know, take the red pill or the blue pill, yep, but sometimes we don't know really don't understand how close the matrix was to truth, not just in pulling the wool over our eyes, but in in the show, it reveals that humanity became nothing more than a copper top battery for the for the AI, yeah. and one of the things I've discovered when you compare Lucifer to God, God. Is omniscient, and you know some people try to define that as God can do anything that He want, you know, anything that He would ever want to do because He has all power. What we miss the point of is that He has unlimited power that can do anything within the parameters of His character, but that power never wanes. Uh, He never runs out. God never gets tired. Uh, You you will never. uh, I mean, you could every every human on the planet could could place demands on the power of God right now, and it wouldn't even it would not change the level of God's power by one billionth of a percent because he's that powerful. Lucifer can't do that with his kingdom. But God created these beings in his image on planet earth, and what Lucifer did is said if I could get iniquity into them and they begin acting out that iniquity then they're actually generating power to fund and to build and to empower my kingdom that's what sin does
2: yeah and, and we see that the uh we have overt sins and we have subtle sins uh conscious sins unconscious sins and you know we have uh, a nature a human nature that is fallen and because of that fallen nature, we are born into sin and prone to it. Yeah. It is not natural for us to be uh, living as spiritual beings in, in these fleshly bodies.
0: Well, that, that's somebody... why we have the new man. You know, and, and I, I've preached for years, you know, the the big the greatest solution for the old man is a nail and a hammer. Huh. you you, you got to nail that bad boy to the cross, and once you realize that when I allow Satan to trip me up and to cause me to sin, I'm actually giving him the power to begin taking over my life as well as taking over the lives of others around me. Hmm. But the moment that I crucify that, and you know, the Paul said, he said, don't lend your members your body unto unrighteousness, but lend your members to righteousness the moment that I begin lending my body to God to be an expression of Jesus in the earth and doing the right thing and and, and crucifying the flesh and, and telling my flesh, no, I'm not going to do that. I choose to do the word whether I feel like it or not. I begin to release the power of God into the earth, not only to affect my life, but to affect the lives of others. And one of the reasons that we're seeing um, the iniquity force is what I'm calling it, the, the mystery of iniquity. The iniquity force is an ascendancy right now on the earth, because when you know the apostle Paul talked about the the, the coming of the wicked one and the restrainer, and one of the things I do in, in my new book, and I use other commentaries to back up what I'm saying, uh, I've heard preachers talk about you know that being the church that's holding the devil back, or it's the Holy Ghost that's holding the devil back. And I can never reconcile with that because, you know, e- even if the, the rapture is at the beginning of the tribulation period, there's still people being saved during the tribulation period. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit being the agent to work that salvation. And so when I took it apart, it, you know, it, it's all right there in black and white. That iniquity itself is a satanic womb that is maturating the Antichrist and that when the time is right, just like with the baby being born, that womb is taken out of the way, and the Antichrist comes in the full power of the level of iniquity in the earth and uses that iniquity to control the hearts of men.
1: Yeah. And, and folks, I'm sorry, this is what Dr. Lake um, discusses in great detail. Uh, And I love his writing. I love the way he does this in the Shinar Directive, preparing the way for the son of perdition uh go to kinglet kingdom intelligence briefing that's his website but uh, the, the folks be prepared for or or um ready yourself for reading his new book by ordering his uh previous book the shine our directive kingdom intelligence briefing i didn't mean to stop you from
2: no uh i just had a uh, dr lake i was I like to listen to David Wilkerson's uh, sermons when I get a chance, and over the weekend, uh, I usually get a chance to catch a few. And one of the last ones I caught really caught my attention and led me down a path of study. And I, I'm going to just ask you to comment on it. And uh, he pointed out what was in, written in First uh, Samuel that rebellion is the same is the sin of witchcraft and idolatry, and thinking of you know rebellion you know there's uh you, you can uh, tote a to thin line between rebellion versus authority or rebellion versus evil which we're told to resist evil but we're also told that you know God institutes authorities and, and and principalities and and we are not to be a rebellious people how how much uh do you believe the rebellion inside people whether it's over little things um to, to any kind of rebellion, how much do you think that affects believers' ability to grow in the Lord?
0: Well, I, you know, when you, when you look at the origin of rebellion, that's what Lucifer did when he fell, and so it's, it's kind of encoded into iniquity. And I, I think in the context of what it's talking about there in First Samuel is rebellion against godly authority. Uh, I rebel against the devil every day. Mm-hmm. You know, there there there's, there there is time for a revolution. That guy is not going to control my life anymore. I'm tired of him messing with me. The word of God says that he is supposed to be underneath my feet, not on my back. But at the but the only the only proper way to resist that is I can have no rebellion against God or His Word, and and this is where a lot of people have trouble, is your flesh will not like what the word of God tells you and it will rebel against it. That's why James says when you approach the Word, you've got to receive it with meekness, because it's the job of the Word to straighten out your thinking. It's the, it's the, it's the job of the Word to save your soul. He was writing that to Christians. They were, their spirit was saved, but their soul was a mess, and they, they spent most of their time arguing with the Word. And, you know, I've got enough military in me. When I sit and read the Word of God and God says, don't do this, I say, yes, sir. And God says, start doing this. Yes, sir, how long do you want me to do it? Amen to that. Because it's not about how I feel about it, because my flesh may want to war against it, but then, that, it, whenever I feel resistance like that, you know, anymore, you know, it used to be, oh man, I'm never going to get this thing right, and I, you know, I'm constantly having to, to deal with this, and the devil tries to get you in a pity party. You cross a line where you eventually it's like saying sick him to a dog. Uh-huh. It, it, you know, when when that thing comes into your life, it's like a squirrel runs across your yard, and your dog says, "Okay, that's it, that's a dead squirrel." That's the attitude that we need to get. When I feel that resistance, I mark it and say, you're a liar. There's a devil in there somewhere. There's 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 an attitude or something the devil's put within me that's got to die because God's word is always right and my flesh is always wrong.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and really,
0: that, that, that's the greatest aspect. The greatest spiritual warfare, guys, you will ever do is on the inside. Mm-hmm. That's why the Apostle Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And one of my my fun things I'm doing in this book is when you look at Jericho, Jericho is a perfect type and shadow of a stronghold. That when you, uh, I, I was doing some research on it, and I ran across a lex in the Lexham Bible Dictionary. It said that the walls of Jericho were cyclopean. And, man, that set up some red flags for me. Because Cyclopean architecture is pre-flood. And I'm thinking, okay, well, now, you know, most of the um, commentaries, you know, put it well after the flood of Noah. And I was reading on Wikipedia that one of these guys, uh, his his name was Kenyon, he was an archaeologist, did radiocarbon dating of a foundational area of the walls of Jericho and find that they date pre-flood. That Jericho, the original foundation of Jericho, it was a Nephilim citadel.
1: Think about and that so, for a second.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. that's what I said.
1: Hey, because the arch- archaeological and architectural traits of, uh, uh, Cyclopean, of Cyclopean masonry Okay.
2: Uh.
0: Pre-flooded, and there's two types of cyclopean architecture. There's the one where you'll have the larger stones, and they're all kind of different. You know, L.A. Marzulli goes and and, uh, shows a lot of pictures of these that with absolute laser precision, and they'll be all weird shapes and everything else, but no mortar, no anything, and you'll have the wall. And then you have the monolithic cyclopean, which have these, these, you know, 100-ton pieces of, of solid granite that have been hewn that way. And and so that's the very foundation of Jericho, that these people, whether they, uh, you know, we don't know if it was just the foundations that were Cyclopean or if it was the whole wall, maybe they put some of their own stuff on it, but it was one of the things that there was enough of it after the flood that they could go in and they built a stronghold in the promised land in an area that was demonically charged with the activities and the worship and everything that the nephilim were doing in that citadel well
2: wow. and
0: that's the wow. first place that God takes them when he, when he takes them across the Jordan and he said this is the reason this is the power source this is the reason why that the, the giants are thriving in the promised land take this one down first and all the other cities will fall.
1: Contextually, this is so important. Yeah, contextually, understanding what you just said there, Dr. Lake, and, and folks, please try to understand, and I know you are, I, I know you do, um, what is being said here, the revelation of this is, it, it's deep and it's important. So, okay. Um, in the context of the... Story in the context of of of, of Jericho. Yeah, I, I don't want to step anymore on on my, stumble around here with this with this. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and continue. But man, this is amazing.
0: Well, when when you look at a stronghold like we have in Second Corinthians, every one of us will have the sin that so easily besets us. There is a stronghold that has a demonic foundation because someone lied to us somebody wounded us somebody abused us and that becomes our Jericho and and what I have seen in a lot of deliverance ministries we always try to run off the giants on the outside of the walls but but only the individual can take down his own Jericho now he may need help from others but he's got to do it as an act of his will because it's a fortress that involves his past and you know, uh, putting some things together, I want to show you just how magnificent God is. I've heard Steve Quayle share on your show how that uh, the nephilim had these nasal cavities in which they could use harmonics or cymatics, is the science of how that sound can affect solid matter, and they would levitate, position these stones. Uh, you can almost, you can actually use sound and bore holes, solid hole, uh, holes through solid stone. And so it's very possible that the nephilim, the very foundations of this, of of the walls of Jericho, were set using harmonics of the nephilim. But look what God does. He has His people circle around it seven days, and on the seventh day, you have you have two, three, four, five, six million Israelites with their shofars begin to shout in praise, and God turns that into a harmonic weapon to dismantle what the Nephilim had founded in that area. <clears throat> and what that means is for every one of us, there is a promise of God, there is an anointing of the Holy Spirit. If we'll press in and say, that's my stronghold, God has brought me across my Jordan, and I'm going to see that take that thing taken down. God can bring others in with you to do that, but it, it's, it's part of what you have to do, and God will give you a strategy for pulling that lie down. Because one of the things that we have never considered in a the stronghold, there's something living living in it that speaks and influences that area.
2: Yeah, uh,
0: and uh, only when you pull down the walls can you get rid of it and have that cleansed and establish the kingdom of God in that area. And there there are several things. There are four things that that Joshua did that that prepared them to take down jericho number one the bible says that in that whole generation ever since they came out of egypt they wanted the, the forty years in the wilderness nobody was circumcised so all the young men cut covenant with god you cannot effectively attack the enemy unless you're in blood covenant with jesus by trusting in his shed blood on the cross and completely surrendering to his covenant Amen. When okay. they did that, the Bible says God took the reproach of Egypt and rolled it off them. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people right now that are listening that are about to become the remnant. Jesus did not come to save you from hell. He came to save you from sin. And he came to set you free of the sin nature the devil put on the inside of you. It goes all the way back to what he did in the garden. And the only way to get free is to absolutely surrender to Jesus and his kingdom and to come into covenant with him based upon his death, burial, and resurrection. He was almighty God come in the flesh. The cross itself is the ultimate singularity in time space. The blood of eternity ran down that cross to save you and to set you free from the enemy. When you believe that and surrender and trust in that covenant... The reproach of Egypt rolls off of you. The next thing that God did is God had them celebrate Passover. And saints of God, I want to tell you something right now. You know, when, when I was raised Baptist, I was always taught that only a you know only an ordained minister can minister communion. Well, that actually goes back to the Catholic Church and the, the priest being able to do transubstantiation and all that. That's not biblical. When you, when you look at the Hebraic model, every man was required in his house on Passover, he was the one who administrated the Passover and Jesus took the Passover and he he, he interpreted it and reduced it down to communion we also see that every Shabbat on, on, on Friday evening in every Jewish household, the man will start it with bread and wine that can also be a type and shadow of communion Men, you have the right to sit at your own table, kitchen table, and open the Word of God, pray with your family, and celebrate communion. Because there is a spiritual dynamic when you remember what God did for you. And guys, we need to remember often. Guys, sometimes just go through and search through the Bible, remember. You know, when when God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he delivered them from Egypt. We're getting ready to enter into a time that God's going to not only remember his covenant, but he's going to remember the sins of those that have rejected him. And there's something in the life of the believer when I remember what Jesus did for me. It adds strength and power to the fight.
2: Dr. Lake, do you see believers going through a wilderness?
0: I think most of the believers are in a wilderness experience right now. Uh, in fact, you know, and and I'm spirit-filled. I've been a part of the, the charismatic movement since the, oh my word, the um, 1970s, late 1970s. But the the people in the charismatic movement back then would not even touch what's going on in the charismatic movement today. Because what we have done is they have built a ministry out of wilderness living. Wilderness living is you've got to have, you know, come to me because I can make manna fall from heaven. That's wilderness living. Kingdom living is I have crossed the Jordan. When I crossed the Jordan, the manna stopped, and God blesses the works of my hands. When I do the word, the word will work every time. And many times the word will have to work on me before the word can work on the situation.
1: boy, that's true
0: and so we we have a we have a lot of ministries guys that are based. On wilderness ministry calling down manna from heaven cause you know you know give to our ministry and money will fall down from heaven that's that's wilderness stuff and what we've had is we've had the false prophets take over the wilderness when God is calling his people to trust him yeah there's giants but who are those giants compared to me they saw Almighty God take down the mightiest nation on the planet and they didn't have to lift up a staff. Mm-hmm. We need to understand that the greatest miracle that you ever had is when you were born again. You literally, on the inside of you, received the new nature, the nature of Jesus. The kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit moved on the inside of your heart. And everything the enemy had built in your life and established in your life, that day died now from that day forward what you're doing is you're walking out your salvation and walking out of Egypt you're you're learning how to leave Egypt behind if you've already experienced the greatest miracle everything else is downhill from there but the devil has skewed our perception and so you know David had a right who is this uncircumcised Philistine that mocks God and His people. Give me five rocks, I'll take him down.
1: Again, we the context, him. the 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 context, Doctor Lake is is becoming more clear, much clearer now as you explain this and as you go through this. Okay, I understand. I'm beginning to understand a much deeper. And we need to get that deeper level of understanding Before we can really mature, I think But, okay, I didn't, I go ahead I,
0: no, I not mostly, we're, we're not taught to understand covenant We're not taught to understand The transformational process of covenant uh, I've got a course called Covenant Faith And I get into the transformation of Abraham And it, people don't realize That when God called Abram out of Babylon The family business was making idols Mm-hmm. and so he's not only an idol worshiper he's a marketer of the idols and God calls him and he's only halfway obedient to God the Bible says God leave father mother leave it all and he brings his family with him and he can only go so far until after his dad dies and then you know God takes him on but there's this process of transformation Abram makes mistakes. He goes down to Egypt and says, "Sarah's my sister." You know, uh, I don't know what was going on in that girl's mind, but I, I, my wife said I wouldn't have tolerated that for thirty seconds. You
1: know,
0: uh, but he he makes mistakes. But what I have found out, guys, and, and this this is this is what is reassuring to me, because in spiritual warfare, it's not that I've got to be perfect in everything that I do. Uh, my heart's got to be right. And I've got to begin lining things out in the Word of God. But when I really set my heart to follow God, from that day forward, God tre- begins to treat me like I've already arrived at maturity.
2: Yeah, you've talked about this on, on our on our show in the past. And if uh, with the last seven minutes before the top of the hour break here, if you could expand upon this a little bit, because uh, I didn't fully understand when you explained it last time and I'd love to, to hear it again you, you said something like the Lord treats you um, not as you are spirit, in your spiritual condition now but as you say you are uh, marked by him destined for heaven he will, he will treat you as though you know today with that well, future marking
0: the, well the neat thing about God is, is God's uh, omnipresence he fills all time and space You know, he's still there with you guys. You know, on the days that you got saved when you knelt on an altar and you got saved, God's present actively right there now. He's also right there when you finally mature and you're moving in, in the fullness of what he's called you to move. And if the Lord should tarry before he, before, you know, he comes back, he's there with you when you leave your body to go be with him. He fills it all. So God knows exactly where you're headed and when you really set your heart, when Abram set his heart to leave Babylon and says, okay, God's calling me to be something different and I set my face and I'm putting, I'm putting my feet and with where my mouth is and I'm, I'm beginning to walk this thing out. When he began to do that, God began to treat him like he was already the guy that became Abraham. You know, he he goes down and messes up with Pharaoh. And God defends Abram, and Abram walks out of there with all the stuff that the guy gave him for Sarah, plus Sarah. And you see him making a few mistakes. You know, he makes mistakes here and there, but as he's growing in God, he begins to get bolder because he was afraid of the Pharaoh. But then you get to the place where, you know, Lot and all of them were taken, by the armies of, of of several kings. So it's not just one kingdom. It's several kingdoms came together and, and took Sodom. And so all he does is he raises up an army within his household and says, let's go get them. Let's go get stuff back. Does that sound like the Abram that was in Egypt? You see, you see, God mm. knew where he was going to get. Hmm. And as he developed in the covenant, and we we've we got to let God work the transformation in us, and it's and we we've got to get away from just pray for me and then let God hit me with his whammy it never works that way. God can empower you, but it's empower you to walk out of Egypt, it's to walk out of Babylon, it's to walk out of the out of the rut the devil's got you in because once he shows you step by step how to walk out of that, you have a testimony that can be replicated in anybody's life. Absolutely. And so when you set your feet and you set your heart to walk out, God begins to treat you like you're already out. And you'll begin to see how that you begin to grow in favor with God. And and uh, even even your enemies will begin to be at peace with you. Because you you, you begin to mature. And, and, and as, as you start that road to maturity, God sees where you're going to end up. And you're seeing His seal of approval on where you're going to end up by the way, he begins to treat you and anoint you and speak to you now.
1: It, it is it is through faith and through endurance and through, well, courage and obedience primarily.
0: Oh, absolutely. That,
1: you know, all of this, uh, so this, okay, and, and this is what we must employ. We must have faith and we must obey <coughs> And have the courage to obey, and the endurance to obey. But the, at the at the bottom the bottom line here is uh, faith and obedience, because with faith and obedience comes endurance and courage. I believe, and I think that it's a wonderful again the wonderful context. And it's it. I learned just I I, I just learned from that, the question and uh, or the uh, Joe the comment you made about the the way God. Um, I'm not sure I could explain it, but but you know God treating us as if,
2: yeah, um, and that's something and
1: Dr. Lake's explanation to that
2: that's something Dr. Lake said on the first time uh, on our program, and you know that really it didn't sit with me at first, and um uh, after listening to it and hearing it again, it really caught my attention um uh, because you know I never thought of it like that, and to be rewarded yeah. um, by God for. What our how our end will be, it, it seems like uh, it's undeserving almost. But at the same time, the Lord knows what He's doing. And well, we, we can see that, the
0: reverse of that. There was a guy named Esau, and God saw not, mm-hmm. saw not only what he did, but what his descendants would do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And God, and the Bible says, and God hated Esau.
2: If we could touch wow. on Esau, when it yeah. says, "You know, how are the hidden things of Esau sought up?" Uh, what 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 are the the hidden things of Esau? Is this the the selling of the birthright for earthly possessions, like we see with Hollywood today in the entertainment industry?
0: I, I think sometimes it can be that, and, and there's other backstory that rabbis have added to that, and we we can't des- necessarily validate this from scripture. Uh, but according to the rabbis, when, when, you know, Jacob prepared the meal and everything, that it was actually a celebration that was supposed to be the firstborn son do it for Abraham. And because he, and because Esau was too busy to do it, Jacob is the one that actually came, you know, and prepared the meal and everything. And then, so now you have Esau coming back and he's wanting to eat of something he should have prepared for himself. Uh, prepared himself for the family, and so he was. He he he. So disregarded his birthright in the kingdom of God that that he lost it. And I, I think that's part of it. But I have kind of wondered, guys, if even what we're seeing with radical Islam, because we're 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 seeing so many of the descendants of Ishmael come to Jesus in unprecedented scores. But in what's happening right now in the Middle East, and this is something the news isn't covering. That when so many of these Muslims see the expression of what these guys are doing by their interpretation of the Quran they're converting to Christianity, but I have always wondered if how how many of what has become radical Islam are are not descendants of Ishmael but very well may be descendants of Esau
2: yeah hmm. it's been um history's been changed we've been uh, lied to the uh, controllers of history, the the, the especially the uh, evil satanic uh, bloodlines, families, those who who uh, keep the, this occult knowledge and the actual history silent to rewrite history for their own objectives. Know the truth, but uh, they you know that is for for them. This is the gnosis that they so seek after which uh, you know gives them their pride. Yet we know that with our faith in God that he will take care of us, that he will show us and reveal the mysteries to us whether now or in heaven. But in order to have things revealed to us now we must seek him through prayer and his word on a daily basis. Folks, we're joined by Dr. Michael Lake. We'll be back with our third and final hour right after this. Stay with us.
1: This is the Global Star Radio Network.
2: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our third and final hour of the Hagman and Hagman Report with Dr. Michael Lake. He is the author of the Shinar Directive, and he is writing a new book. And his new book, uh, let me get the title here. The Sharif Imperative. The Sharif Imperative. Um, it is, I
1: love the way Dr. Lake uh, writes it, it, it flows. And I could sit down, as a matter of fact, when I sat down, uh, and read the first, uh, bit of Dr. Michael Lake's new book, I, I could actually hear him talking. And, you know, some, some writers and authors and speakers just have that gift of being able to be like right next to you. When you read the book, it's like, it's like a conversation or, or listening to him speak. And that's the way this, this, his new book is. And I'm so excited. I can't wait till it comes out in another, another month or two, uh, or, or, or whenever. It's just, it's just fantastic. So, it, folks, bookmark his website, Kingdom Intelligence Briefing. And do more than that. He's got this wonderful feature where you can actually, uh, sign up for, uh, his, well, you can subscribe to his website via email. If you enter your email addresses, subscribe to his, uh, his website, You'll receive notifications of new posts by email. It's really a great service. So sign up there at kingdomintelligencebriefing.com and check out the resources section. Joe, you're saying before the, uh, uh you're saying about the, uh, resources of Kingdom Intelligence Briefing. Yeah. And uh, you and Dr. Like, maybe we should have Dr. Like do that. Speak yeah. on the resources.
2: Yeah, that would be great. Uh, the um and the special too the special that is I'm sorry yeah,
0: guys at uh at uh, store.biblical-life.com uh we've got a lot of the courses that I taught uh for biblical life college and seminary like covenant faith priesthood of the believer uh leader of one and our spiritual warfare 1 through 3 is called kingdom authority and warfare 1 through 3 uh, we have we have those available on MP3. We've released them to uh, this the general public guys, and we're getting response from people all over the world uh, mm-hmm. that these 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 teachings are changing their life, empowering them to walk in the kingdom. And so, what okay. we're doing is, if you go there and put in the promo code Hagman, you'll get fifteen percent off any of the resources that you purchase there.
1: Cool, love it. Thank you for doing that for our listeners. It's such a a great value resource and and, uh, a very important uh, resource to to everyone serious.
2: And we hope people take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, and and it's on our, if you're watching this live via YouTube, uh, check it out. It's right there, Biblical Life Resources. So uh, take advantage of this, of of Dr. Lake's generosity. There's a lot of hours, a lot of of, uh, blood, sweat, and tears put into the content of of this, so take advantage of this. Uh, now we're talking with Dr. Michael Lake, KingdomIntelligenceBriefing.com. dot com. Um, Dr. Lake, you had said during the break, and I'm just going to share this with the audience. You know, we we titled tonight's broadcast. Um, we, we titled it Reconstructing, "Reconstructing the Tower of Babel," right? And you said, you know, what's coming is going to make basically that headline. No, it's what's coming is, is is going to make the reconstructing the tower of Babel um, it, it, that's an understatement. Do you want to you want to share with the, the audience what, what, uh, what you meant by that?
0: You know, one of the things in in my new book I'm laying out is there were three waves uh, that the enemy brought into in, into the earth. The first one was the Nehesh, which uh, which means bright, shining one. It can be a flaming serpent in the garden. Uh, when you really look at the etymology of the word, it later on became synonymous with a stake, but it was it was a seraphim that set that tree on fire and promised them illumination. And it was the first wave that caused man to fall. They began to uh, they were cut off from the knowledge of God, and they and because they came into covenant with another being representing another kingdom for knowledge. And so that was wave one. The second wave was the Watchers. And I I don't think that any of us, uh, myself, Tom Horn, uh, Steve Quayle, I don't think any of us do justice to what the antediluvian world was. I believe that they were more technologically advanced than we are today. Uh, We we know that they had universities. uh, they, They had all these things. In fact, most of the nations of the world, and Steve Quayle has shared this many times, most of the nations of the world and secret societies scour the planet looking for pre-flood technology or information because it's so far beyond what we have today. It was was so much more than just um, creating giants. The the, the watchers taught their wives witchcraft. And I even show in in, in my new book how everybody knows crazy about the Force Awakens. When I read that, it sent chills down my spine because the Nazis were looking for a way to tap into the force. Albert Pike, in Morals and Dogma says there is a force that if you can tap into, that you can change the world. And that ties in with witchcraft, that ties in with, with uh, uh, the iniquity force, so you have all those things going on, but God bound up the watchers uh, before the Flood. And although you know, we do have recurrence of giants, and there's debate on that, their technology was closed off. From what, What's interesting is you can go after the flood, and anybody would, would try to build on what the watchers had, uh, whether it you know cyclopean walls or whatever. It was always diminished technology. And then at the Tower of Babel, you have Nimrod. Uh, you have him begin to, and, and the citizens of Babylon, begin to worship principalities and powers that were originally a part of God's divine council that God had assigned them to watch over man. And so at the Tower of Babel, when God comes down and judges, in the King James it says that he divided them up, uh, the nations, according to the children of Israel. The children of Israel didn't exist. Uh, Dr. Michael Heiser brings out that there are more correct manuscripts, older manuscripts, it says, according to the B'nai Elohim. According to those principalities and powers, he divided the, up 72 nations, and, and so we have been wrestling with principalities and powers ever since the Tower of Babel. But the Watchers have been tucked away under the earth. Uh, in the Shiner Directive, I show how that they have begun being released uh, at the, the beginning of the 20th century. That's what has caused our technological explosion. So, guys, what we're facing is Genesis 6, plus Genesis 10 and the Tower of Babel combined.
1: That should give her one of the warm fuzzies. <laughs>
0: warm fuzzies. With, with the ascendancy of the Antichrist and the iniquity force coming into such ascendancy that empowers his, his, his coming onto the world stage and being able to do false signs and wonders. Hmm. And, and so, you know, we, we look at the Tower of Babel, it, it goes so far beyond that. So that's why God's awakening the remnant now. That's why he's he's calling us to strengthen our faith now, to really learn the art of spiritual warfare, the authority of who we are in Christ, and how that when we walk in the ways of God and are obedient to the Holy Spirit of God, we begin creating a field of the kingdom of God around us that can begin affecting the lives of others. You know, Daniel says that in, in, the, in the last days when the, when the Antichrist is at his, at his zenith of power, there are going to be those that know their God, and that means to be intimate and, and passionately in love with their God, and they're going to do great exploits. And that, that's what I see my ministry is about, is to awaken and nurture and empower the remnant to be that bride that can stand toe-to-toe with the Antichrist in the earth.
2: Absolutely, amen to that.
0: Because, guys, I I view the harpazo, the catching away. You know, I was I was raised, you know, dispensationalist Baptist. Where, you know, God's going to get us out of here before it gets too bad. Well, you know, it's already pretty bad for a lot of people in a lot of places in the world. Uh, you know, it's like we get, we're going to get out of here before we get our head beat. And that's not what I see in Scripture. What I see in Scripture is the and and, and guys, this uh, this this is something that I have been have been preaching now for over a decade. You're going to mature and you're going to purify, get purified one of two ways. You either embrace the fire and the ministry of the Holy Spirit now, or you get to embrace the fire of persecution. And mm-hmm. the fire's coming, but you, right now we still have a, ch- a choice to pick which fire we're going to get. Pick the fire of the Holy Spirit because then you can walk through persecution and stand your ground
1: because God
0: is pre- God is preparing the bride guys what I see in the book of revelation is we have matured to the place that we're holding our own that that God can't take this thing any further and we can't we, we can't mature anymore we, we have reached our full maturity and God says okay the bride has made herself ready it's time for the wedding and so God lifts us out of the way so that he can go ahead and pour his wrath on a, on a, on a world that has rejected him and has seen the contrast between a people walking really with God on fire for God uncompromisingly as contrasted to the evil of the Antichrist and they chose the Antichrist
1: Uh, okay. Go go ahead, Joe. I, I I can see the wheels turning in your in your head <laughs> as, as are mine.
2: Uh go, well, there's just um you know, there's a, a few uh verses that come to mind um and I I want to make sure I get it right here so I am going to uh I'm looking them up right here. Um there's a, a place in Psalm where it says uh for the Lord delighteth in the death of his saints. Meaning those who are martyred uh, for his name and his word's sake. And people have a problem, and me being one of them, used to have a problem with this. The martyrdom for faith. There is, and I don't want to say American exceptionalism, but there seems to be... I mean, we see what's happening in the Middle East. We see the people who are dying for the their christian faith on a daily basis and the psalm is 116 verse 15 precious in the sight of the lord is the death of his saints and it says in revelations that many will be purified and made or in daniel or revelation that many will be purified and made white in those end times through the persecution and dr lake what would you say to people who are uh, thinking about taking an armed stand against Satan's army who were coming to persecute them for their faith how, how would that even happen well go ahead
0: well you know I'm, I'm ex-military and I, I believe well the Torah also teaches us that we're to protect our families uh, mm-hmm. the Torah goes as far in God's instruction as to say if you see someone that is being uh, chased down and this guy is going to kill him unjustly that you are to resist that evil to the place of killing the person who is trying to hunt them down and kill them. You know, you know part of this is we we have been disconnected from the first two th- uh, you know, two thirds of the Word of God, and it leaves us guessing on so many things. So there's there's that proper situation, in Psalms. Uh, I have to go back and examine the context because I I don't like snippet theology where you pull a verse out of context. Because you end up with, Judas hung himself, go thou and do likewise, and what thou doest to us quickly. You know, we we, we always need to keep things in in the context. And yes, God, it is precious when a saint of God passes away because God knows that at that moment they're going to be with him. Now, prior to the the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, they went into a protected place called, you know, Abraham's bosom. Now Abraham's bosom is empty. Now we go directly to be with the Lord, mm-hmm. and so that is precious to him. Uh, I also think that the gift of martyrdom many times is a is a special uh, gift of God to go through. You know, we see it with Stephen that they're they're stoning him, but yet he kneels and he prays. I've never seen anybody be able to do that when they're being stoned.
2: Absolutely right. <laughs> Uh, And And, if I'm not mistaken, he's the first in the Book of Martyrs, correct?
0: Yes. And he got a standing ovation from the Lord. The Lord stood up off of his throne to welcome him. But it also had a purpose. And any time there's a martyrdom, there's also a purpose behind it that God allows it. Because with Stephen, there was a guy that was sent from the Sanhedrin to be the official witness for the Sanhedrin of the stoning of this heretic. The guy's name was Rabbi Shaul who became the Apostle Paul
2: the persecutor of, of Christians yes
0: yes became the champion of spreading the faith and it all yeah. started on the day that he served as the witness and he saw what happened when when Stephen was stoned to death the Bible says his face shone like an angel
2: if we could go back for a second to something that you said about Abraham's bosom, and, and before uh, Christ died and was resurrected, and, and the first fruits were taken to heaven, um, you said when when now when we die we go with to to Jesus. Um, how does that how is that reconciled with the dead in Christ shall rise first, followed by those left alive? Is there uh, the we reconnection have to come back from through to, through to get heaven?
0: our glorified bodies?
2: Okay. Okay.
0: You know, the, the oh. Apostle Paul said to be absent from the body is to be with the Lord.
2: Present with the Lord, yes.
0: Yeah, so we, so you know, part of the, the final part of redemption is getting that glorified body. Because it, it's a physical body that works within this this, this lower dimensional realm. But yet it, it's going to be able to function on, in, in hyperspace, it's going to be able to function on, on, on all 12 uh, dimensional realities. So it's like the one that Jesus had. It was solid, but it, he can walk through walls. You know, that That's the final redemption part of it. But it's simply our, our spirits come back down. We enter back into a body that God's created specifically for us because God has your DNA on file, creates your glorified body, and you just, you just pick it up. It's a part of the redemption of the earth.
2: That makes a lot I mean that makes a lot of sense and, and ladies and gentlemen
1: as I sit here listening to this and listening very carefully because I, I think you have to give dr. lake um, the the careful attention that that he deserves here um, I just I, you know it, it's amazing to hear what dr. Lake just said in in, in the context of last night's program uh, where we we touch on a lot of topics but the physics end of things because the Bible really is a Is a book of physics. uh, Yeah, we're
2: referring to Anthony Patch's statement of God as a a a wave and a particle.
1: Yeah, and without getting into that, but isn't it amazing how the dots are being connected in a larger sense here? And and I do feel the uh, the 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 movement of 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 the grace of of God and the Holy Spirit with 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 Doctor Lake's teachings this is just phenomenal doctor lake before we get too far into this i just want to ask you uh, to revisit one point here we have a um and i, I hate to, reading the same email i am from uh, the taking down stronghold yeah, uh, yeah and i i don't like to get get you off the, or to get people off the off track here but um uh, we have a listener who asked this uh, uh, you are listing the four things necessary to take down strongholds one and two covenant and passover and she writes, would you please ask him to revisit this and and oh, know, I forgot uh,
0: one, didn't I? <laughs> the, you, <laughs> you actually three, got and, three and,
1: four. and four, yeah. So if we can cover that, well,
0: three you know the, the the one is covenant. The, the second is when you do covenant, then you have the reproach of Egypt rolled off you, which is number two. Number three is is, is celebrating uh, Passover or, or celebrating uh, communion. And the fourth one we see with Joshua, and you know, guys, I know you're an investigator, and you went out to crime scenes, and you've tried to imagine what's happened. Well, can you can you imagine Joshua? He's standing out in the woods, and he's looking down at Jericho, and he says, "Okay, you know, I, I've got to take this this young kids that have never fought in their life, and how am I going to take them down there and and get this thing done tomorrow?" And I can see him meditating on that. And he looks over in the woods, and there's a man in full armor <laughs> sitting there. And so he says, whose side you on, friend or foe? <laughs> you know, okay. which is what you kind of do in the military. And the guy answers back, and he says, neither. I'm the captain of the Lord of hosts. In other words, that, that was a Christophanes, that was Jesus meeting with him. And Joshua found the, 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 one of the keys to taking down strongholds. Because what we, what we do in these conflicts, we think, well, there's the devil's side, there's my side, and there's God's side. did not that human? Absolutely. Very much. <laughs> Very much so. And what we learn with Joshua is we don't have a side. it's either god's side or the devil's side and it was at that very moment that that meeting with jesus as the the captain of the of the of the lord's host was his burning bush experience because it almost mirrors take off your sandals you're standing on holy ground joshua takes off his sandals and he worships what we see in the Word of God is angels will not let you worship them
2: that's right he met Mm -hmm. with
0: the Lord and completely surrendered and said I don't have a side And that's what we gotta realize in this conflict guys if you want to win the battle against your stronghold you don't have a side you, it's either God or the devil, and once you completely surrender to God, that's what put Joshua and the people of Israel in a position to bring the walls down.
1: It's pretty powerful,
0: very powerful. And I'll be the first to confess: I keep on I, over the years. I have tried to build my side back up, and the Lord won't let me do it. It's no, you don't have a side. And, and, Barry and I have been in situations, guys. And, and this is, this is, this is part of understanding you don't have a side. We have been in situations where we've been ministering to people and we've, we've ministered to some people coming out of, of multi-generational Satanism. And you're meeting with their family. And what you want to do is you want to bop heads. <laughs> Doug, you know, I know you've been there. You know,
1: <laughs> many times. I'm, I'm
0: going to lay hands on you suddenly, and it's going to be so suddenly you're not going to see it coming. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit takes over. And you start saying things your flesh don't want to say, but is exactly what God wants done. And you start doing things your flesh don't want to do, but God wants done. And then after they leave, and that lifts, your flesh has a hissy fit. <laughs> boy I wish I could boy I should God says no son <laughs> you don't have a side you did exactly what I told you to do and when you did you poured heaping coals on their heads just be quiet and be obedient and then that's when you know that you're starting to mature a little bit in the Lord but guys that's, that's, wow the victory is ours, but the battle is the Lord's. And if, I, if we'll realize that that stronghold is not our friend. It may have con- it may have controlled us. It may have taught us our very philosophy of how we view the world. But it all was a lie. And so we don't have a side. And so when we realize that and to surrender at the feet of Jesus, Jesus ministers to us in the worship, and then he points us back toward that stronghold. And he says how about let's go tear that thing down that's when the stronghold will come down
1: Th- this coming from a, a military ex-military guy or a military man in uh, experienced and, and knowledgeable about warfare and, and such saying you don't have a side we don't have a side Wow! embrace that folks yeah. I need
0: to you know, I I was enlisted in the military. You don't have a side. Your commander says go take the hill, you go take the hill. He didn't ask your opinion.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Wow. So, Doctor Lake, if we can, um we've been doing a lot of speculating as to end time events, how they're gonna play out and how we you know perceive them to play out or how they could play out do you see uh satan tearing down the mystery religions the (coughs) old world order economic political militarily political order that we have in place now to reinstate his new world order or do you see a a smoother transition uh
0: well, I, I think it's all his order. What he may be tearing down is some of the storefront, some of the facade. But, I mean, they're, they're all moving toward unification. Um, and I'm not, you know, I, I've heard of, you know, the, the, the tribulation period's already started or it's going to start, you know, this spring or, or whatever. And, and I'm, I'm open for correction on this, but as, as I pray and seek the face of God, I think we've got more time. I, I think that there's going to be a great...
1: Pardon? I do, too. No, I, I do. You know what, Dr. Lake, thank you for saying that. I do, too, but I don't know. I, I don't think I can articulate why.
0: Well, one um, of the things... So go ahead. One of the things, we're not a bride without spot and wrinkle. I mean, Lord, have mercy. I can see Jesus looking at the Father and saying, you know, can we hold up for a little bit? We're <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be further <laughs> along than this. Uh but even when I look at the, the, the elite's plans, and I've, I've talked with Garrett Dil- Gilbert about this and kind of brainstormed with him, what I see, when, when you realize that before, right after the Civil War, that Albert Pike and Mancini had both kind of taken leadership over the Illuminati, they planned World War I, Two, II, and Three, right or after the Civil War. World War I was to establish communism. World War II was to spread communism through Europe because communism is this one step away from Luciferianism. World War III was supposed to be a war, Islam versus all the other religions. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of seem like that's coming to pass? That, that's one of the reasons why yep. is, Islam is being used. And, and if, if, if you're of the Islamic faith tonight, what I'm trying to tell you is don't be a tool to the elite because they're going to use you as cannon fodder for their own purpose they want to create world war three so that at the end of world war three the entire planet is sick of religion and will re, and will embrace the new religion of luciferianism and so i think it's after world war three and the dust settles the antichrist raises up to power we could have the return of the watchers physically coming and saying, we're your progenitors and we are here to save you from complete destruction. It's then that the tribulation period may start. I, I kind of personally see the Lord coming back between 2030, 2040 right, right in that time frame. And so I know God's going to do some things. God God is not just going to let this set in neutral. He, he is going to prepare us. If, if we press into God and do this thing right, that we're going to see an expansion of the remnant real church I think when this thing begins guys a lot of the people that we thought were real movers and shakers in the body of Christ they're they're all going to disappear because they they weren't remnant they were building their own kingdoms and God's going to judge them and I think God has to judge some things in America but at the same time Mm -hmm. he's not going to judge the remnant he always creates places of, of safety, there's always Goshens when God deals with Egypt. Mm. Okay. And and so I, I do believe we have more time, but you know, I've I've been at this for a long time. I've been preaching since I was 13. And, you know, what I used to always hear in in the Baptist churches, and I've heard it in the Assemblies of God churches, we we need to go back to the Book of Acts. You know, we need to have a Book of Acts church because the Book of Acts is a unique book in the Bible because there's no end to it. We're going to, in the days ahead, guys, we're going to write the final chapters of the Book of Acts because it wasn't the Acts of the Apostles, it was the Acts of the Holy Spirit in the lives of His people. And there's several things that no one ever, you know, I've heard, you know, Baptists, they say, well, it's just a big Baptist church in the middle of, of what we have in the Book of Acts. That's it. And the Pentecostals say, well, it's a big Pentecostal church. What you have in the Book of Acts is a church under persecution. True. That thrived beyond our wildest dreams. So to have a book of Acts, you're going to have to have persecution come back for us to be that Acts church. No one ever brought that into the equation. But as I began to really pray about this, in fact, I was really wanting to say, oh, God, I want the book of Acts, I want the book of Acts. And I thought, well, maybe if I write a commentary on the book of Acts, I'm I'm going to get this thing figured out. And every time I would start to write it, and it's still not written, I think I only got to chapter 2, God takes me to Judges. And I'm thinking, God, why are you taking me to Judges? And uh, I see several things in Judges. Now, Judges is a time it's Joshua has passed away. Uh, the Torah is still scarce because, you know, when, when Moses died, he basically handed them one completed copy because he completed Deuteronomy. And at the very end, of it, he says, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm writing. I'm going up to the mountain, and I'm going to die, and I'm going to be with God, you know. So he finishes the book of Deuteronomy, then he hands it to him, goes up, and, and and passes away. And back then, the Torah cycle took three and a half years because they would only gather three times a year, and they would hear the Levites read the Torah. Well, when I, when I began, and so the word of God was scarce. And so even during the life of Joshua, they may have had more Torah scrolls, but it wasn't near uh, what they had, let's say, like in the days of Babylon when Nehemiah and Ezra established the synagogue. And so you you get into the book of Judges and the first thing I do is I do a search for Levites because Levites are supposed to be teaching the people the Word of God. There's only one Levite mentioned and he's not teaching them the Word of God. There's a guy named Micah that takes silver that his mother had set aside for the Lord and he makes a golden idol out of it and then he goes and hires this Levite and this Levite is serving that idol in his household. Is the only reference to a Levite so, no, so in the book of Judges nobody's teaching the word of God and then it, it becomes clear what you begin to hear over and over again since there was no king in Israel every man did what was right in his own eyes that's the state mm-hmm. of the church today
1: yes, we've we, we we
0: out go ahead
1: no, I just want to reaffirm that we must go through the book of Judges to get to the book of Acts.
0: Yeah, that's what we're, we're going to have to. Yep. Because where we're headed, guys, is is right now most of the body of Christ is in bondage to an oppressor, somewhere way or another, because we have left the Word of God. That that we we, we tend to. Uh, spiritual entropy sets in where, you know, we, we've had movements of God that really started with the fire of God, then, then all of a sudden it becomes political and it, and it becomes, you know, more of making money and keeping the system alive than, uh, than doing anything else. And so they all kind of wind down. And when it winds down, you leave the word, you replace it with something else. Every man is a king in his own eyes because Israel was a theocracy. They had a king. His name was Yahweh Elohim. They were answerable to him but because in their own eyes they didn't have a king. I can do what I want because of what God has done. And that's, what, that's what's being preached today. And it, it's leading into bondage. And what God had to do, he had to raise up judges to reestablish kingdom and to bring judgment against the oppressors. And what what I'm seeing in the days ahead, not only in America but in other nations, is God is going to release an apostolic prophetic anointing for judges in the last days to begin bringing down supernatural strongholds in in the second heaven so that God's people can get free enough to learn his word and begin walking in his ways. Hmm. That will take us to the book of Acts.
1: Hmm. Wow, uh, folks! I, 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 again, I, I just am, am really amazed at the depth in the, in the, again, the, the word context comes to mind, and in, in the, the placement
2: of, well, where, where we find ourselves. Go, go ahead, Joe. I, I didn't mean to stumble against you there. No, I just wanted to state we got uh, twenty minutes left in this show. Man, this went fast. And um, I want to ask you, Mike, uh, Doctor Michael Lake. Um, do you have any uh, other interviews, uh, speaking engagements, anything uh, upcoming? No, where can do we you find you, know? man? We we we
1: we need more of our Doctor Lake here. Where can we find you upcoming here?
0: Well, we I do uh, I do videos every other week on Biblical Life TV. I've been kind of holding back on the um, on the speaking engagements till I get this book done. Guys, I, I was supposed to have this book done last September, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but between you know ministering to folks uh, today, I spent five hours just answering emails.
2: Oh
1: yeah,
0: and uh, so it, it's like the need is there and so great, and speaking and different things that it's actually postponed the work of finishing this book. And so I, I kind of batted down the hatches here a few months ago and said, okay, no more speaking engagements until the mm-hmm. book is done. I'm going to promote the book, then I'll open the door back to, to to traveling and, and preaching again
1: alright so, well that's good man I, because we, we cannot wait and, and ladies and gentlemen um, I cannot say enough good about uh, the upcoming Dr. Lake's upcoming book but I, I cannot say enough good about his book The Shiner Directive because w- w- that lays the foundation uh, in my view anyway that lays the foundation to talk about what we're talking about tonight because what we're talking about tonight is kind of um, the bridge, I believe, between the Shinar Directive and the, and the Shreith Imperative. That's just my view, but but really, the, the context, the the um, intricacies of of all of this lies in uh, in both the, the previous book and his upcoming book, which is fantastic. Doctor Lake, is there anything you want to address here uh, that we haven't hit on that we should have?
0: Well. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, there's probably a lot, but...
0: Uh, there, there's a lot. I, I think the, the thing is that we, we have got to begin communicating hope back to the body of Christ. Uh, I think that's one of the things that set the uh, Shiner Directive apart. I know when uh, I met with Dr. Horn after I did it, when, when he was interviewing me, he said, he said, this is the first end-time book that ended on a positive note mm. that he's ever read. That's and true. And this one more so. And in fact, I I, um, I wrote nine chapters so that I could just get those out of the way and write the last six. You know, um, yeah. because I'm preaching hard on the last six. God's not done yet. This this isn't just hunker down, pack our bags, and we're not going to do anything un, until Jesus comes back. The, the the Bible in Isaiah talks about these end times, and it says, "Now listen. There's going to be dr- gr- gross darkness." like the world has never seen is getting ready to come on the earth but then God stops and says but here's where you're at your light has come it's, it's when it's in the darkest times that we can shine the brightest we, we, have, we have lost the art of being salt in the earth we, we've let everything go, go rancid because we were playing church instead of being the church and God is saying, I'm going to turn that around, guys. Because what this world really needs, they need to have the stark, absolute contrast. This is the true church, and this is the church of Satan. Now you choose. Mm-hmm. And, and to do that, we're going to have to be set free. We're going to have to have judges set us free. We're going to have to have true ministers. And guys, if you guys have a pastor, now listen to Pastor Lunsford and all these guys, If you have a pastor that's uncompromisingly preaching the Word of God, the Word of God commands you to give that man double honor. You've got a rare gem on your hands, and don't you forget it. Because we're we're having true saints of God that won't do what they're seeing on Christian TV, and the sheep are eating them alive, and they're quitting ministry. And what you did is you had a treasure in the kingdom of God that would only stick with Scripture, and you ran him off down the road because you were eating him alive. And so if if you have a real man of God that stands on the Word and preaches the cross and preaches sin and preaches righteousness, you need to give him double honor, and you need to back him up in prayer, and make sure that he has the time to pray, and he has the time to get in the word he needs to be able to transform lives from his pulpit. Too many pastors spend too much time wiping the sheep's noses that they can't have the time to get in the presence of God and get set on fire to minister the way they need to.
1: Boy, that's some heavy hitting. Uh, you, you, you hit that right on the no, I mean, right on the head there. Um. Uh, too many ministers, preachers, pastors Spent too much time coddling the, the, the sheep and stuff Out there uh, saddling for battle Saddling for battle, I guess
0: Yeah, and the, the apostles had enough sense to create deacons And deacons were not created to run the church They were created to be the errand boys of the church Hmm that just went across a bunch about... <laughs> Man, well, my church don't teach that. I'm just saying what the Word of God says. They were to do all the all the busy work so that the, so that the apostles would have time to get in the Word and to pray so that when they ministered, lives were changed. And if lives aren't being changed, don't blame the preacher if he's so busy running around and, and hand-holding and everything else that he doesn't have the time to get in the Word and pray the way he should. You know, it's it's time for people to give the man space to be able to do that and start praying and fasting for him. And when you do that, you're going to see a man of God break forth in the power of God like you've never seen before.
2: Mm. Amen to that, Dr. Lake. Um, we do have uh, just a few questions, kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say all over the place, but just kind um, well, we, of talk quickly, up up on. um. of the topic we've been on. This is a question from Elaine. She asks, "Will the ten rulers who surrender their power to the beast for one hour be human half human nephilim full nephilim oh, a multiple choice question <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well,
0: sometimes it could be d all the above you know I, I postulate that in uh in the Shinar directive where I said that you know the ruling elite when you look at plato's republic uh the ruling elite." will most likely achieve some type of immortality because we, we see that you know, death flees from them and uh, that they end up being thrown alive into the lake of fire. And so I, I think there's going to be a, a trans-eugenic uh, transformation in the elite that we're, um, they're, they're not going to be human anymore. And the, the, mm-hmm. those, of course, will be the, the top families within the Illuminati, the 13 bloodlines. And they'll, they'll, in fact, I, what's interesting is I've always looked at, well, there's supposed to be ten, 10 kings, but there's 13 bloodlines. I've been hearing rumors that they're beginning to, um, weed out some of the bloodlines that are underperforming.
1: No, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought, too. And so we could end up at a time that we get to that time of only having, uh, 10 heads of 10 households within the house of Illuminati uh to lend their power into the antichrist.
2: And my, my follow-up question to uh the one about the the 10 uh kingdoms is the your uh 10 uh, heads, heads uh, yeah yeah is the what you just alluded to is the technological aspect of this uh from the mark of the beast we could say to uh this new, you know, RFID centered uh mobile healthcare. Uh, from what well, that, all my that's research... Just, that's
0: just to precondition us to get used to it. Right. Um, I, and th- this is something that uh, I've I've been rattling around in my own mind about. I believe that um, we had a technological explosion. Well, even Nazi Germany had a technological explosion before World War II because the watchers crashed one of their UFOs in Nazi territory, and the Nazis had it and that's something I didn't realize well, I ought to put that in the shannon Directive and then we had Roswell and so the, many have speculated that the, the microcomputer chip all that comes from reverse engineering of, of Watcher Nephilim technology and technology can either flow in the power of God or it can flow in the anointing of Lucifer there is a spiritual aspect to technology so when we get to the mark of the beast, there will be a spiritual aspect, there will be a, a soulish aspect, and there will be a physiological aspect. It will change you physically, it will change you mentally, and it, it will change you spiritually. And I, I think part of that is going to change you to the place to where you're almost semi-nephilim. Because you know it, what we see in the end of the book is almost what we see throughout the first two-thirds of the book, is that mo- uh, all the villages and all the cities that the children of Israel told to decimate and to kill all the people, they weren't people, they were Nephilim, or they were descendants of the Nephilim. And we see the same thing happening in the book of Revelation. So there's, well, the mark of the beast is going to be something that transforms the entire man, but will also be technologically based. And one of the things I just saw yesterday... I think maybe a component of it, that they're getting read, they're in the process of developing something called the quantum internet. And the quantum internet will be a million times faster than what we have today. And I knew that they were going to have to have something like that to be able to, to, to empower the singularity, the AI, and to be able to take this thing with the mark of the beast and take it to the level that it needs to be. You have to have something that operates on the quantum level. That is able to process unsurpassed amount of information. That it can control the DNA, it can control the thoughts, it can control everything. And there, there, and there was an announcement that they're they're actually getting to the place to where they see that that's going to be a real possibility.
1: Hmm. Talk about um, uh, well, uh, bringing. Uh, bringing the Bible, um, historically and present day, uh, to, to to life through, you know, I'm going to shut up now. Okay, the words just uh, just <laughs> keep falling out, and they, I, I can't put them in the right order. Uh, but I, 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 you've got to listen, folks, that listen to this uh, broadcast again because there were so many gems that uh, Dr. Michael Lake has has uh, given us so many little tidbits that, you know, we have been, as he said, we, we've been talking about his new book, which is um, really throughout this entire broadcast. And, and I'm so excited about this because it really, I, but in, in conjunction with the Shiner Directive, folks, please, uh, and Eric, the tech, just uh, uh, sent me a blast here through the intercommunication uh, Uh, of our studio saying make sure Doctor. please let Dr. Lake know that uh, Eric the Tech uh, here running our studio said he uh, ordered the Shiner Directive and and is just devouring it and loves it and just gives you a whole bunch of thumbs up so um, thank you for for your your gift of knowledge through your books Um, yeah I'm going to be quiet here Uh, just I mean this is so much so good
0: i got one last fun thing to share with you guys, if I can. On on the very first day, Genesis 1, on the very first day when God created light, it wasn't until the fourth day that he created the sun and the moon and the stars and so forth. That light was the framework of what we call the temporal dimension. He created time. And that time spans uh, all the way up to the tenth dimension, all the way down to dimension zero, which I consider hell and Sheol and all that. And so depending upon where you are in that, you experience time differently. But one of the things that dawned on me is the immortals like Lucifer and all that existed outside of time before God created time, before that first day. And uh, I've always looked at at time as my enemy. I know you have, too. The older we get, the more we wish we had more time. But time is actually the ultimate weapon against the devil, in the book of Revelation, when he's kicked out of heaven after Michael kicks him out of out of the second heaven, and he's restricted to first heaven realities, the Bible says that he, he comes down with great wrath because he knows his time is short. Oh, okay. When God created time, he did it. He did it before the rebellion of Lucifer, and he did it before he started creating man. He created time, and it's 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 a it's a countdown timer. When time runs out, so does Lucifer. Wow,
1: that's my go-to word. In case people don't know, and I always thought time was created. God created time just to keep everything from happening all at once. But now, okay.
0: No, there, there hmm. was this, there was an existence without time. Even the Earth itself resided outside of time because the Earth was there before God did the re- you know the the recreation process it was already there the the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep, everything was in chaos and it existed outside of time when the first day when God said, "Let there be light, he created time. How can you carbon date something that resided out of time uh Chuck Messler has also shared how that uh the 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 speed of light has uh baby in Abraham's day was a thousand times faster than it is now, or a million times faster. That would affect the passing of time. So, literally, what we're seeing is the the slower the speed of light, the faster time goes. And so, when God says, "I'm going to I'm going to shorten the days," He literally is doing it using the mechanism of the speed of light to control the passing of time.
1: Hmm. No, no that, that's interesting. I mean, I mean yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that that helps us because we have people trying to carbon date stuff and say something's a billion years old, and and carbon right. dating doesn't doesn't work past six thousand years because then it existed outside of time.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I find it fascinating in the Bible <laughs> that uh, let me go back to Genesis and make sure I got I have it right, but that God created the light and the darkness before He created the sun and the moon.
0: Um, yeah. Well, he. Well, what's interesting, brother, is said he created the light, but he didn't create the darkness. It was already there because it came with the fall of Lucifer. Yeah. He separated okay. the two and only called the light good.
2: Yeah, right. divided the darkness. Okay, the light from the darkness. Yeah, and uh, the distinction the light was a difference. Yeah.
0: Which, which is also a perfect picture of what happens when God comes into your life and the light of the gospel comes into your life. The Holy Spirit will begin dividing the light from the darkness in your life. It's called sanctification.
1: Gotcha. Well, Doctor Lake, I, I, I want to, I just want to thank you so much. I mean, we're we're at virtually at the end of the program, and um, I, I also wanted to make a uh, make a very um, uh, pointed note here to to give a nod to your wife, who's got her own book. My wife um, uh, actually just began reading your wife's book here. This past weekend. Can you reference or, or tell people about your wife's book, Guy? I, I do want you to kind of give a uh, 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 nod to your wife's book.
0: Yeah, it's called What Witches Don't Want Christians right. to Know the Expanded Edition, and it's really her story of, of God opening up the truth to her that she came out of witchcraft, there was mind control involved in her journey to come out of it, and she just shares the tip of the iceberg of our journey of what we had happened. Uh, as she began to remember in the occult, we're trying to stop us. And we, we have seen God stop Jets. We have seen him pick up semis and set them on back on the right side of the road. Uh, guys, we, we have seen the miraculous. And she shares a lot of that in that book and what we learned along the way. Thank and well, since it's come out, we've actually had entire churches buy the book because it explains how the enemy tore apart their churches.
2: We have a dude. story actually we could add where uh, the Lord's hand kept us from from death in an, in an accident. Uh, no other way to to explain our our survival. Um, and yeah, we should be dead <laughs> really right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it was uh, the Lord's protection, and and I I knew, I felt that protection there. My dad says he was in a different car than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> B- Maybe you I were think,
0: younger. You were just more more aware of the spirit realm.
1: <laughs> there and there it is. You know, you know. It, it's interesting. Uh, different levels of maturity, despite uh, chronological your age. I mean, it's it's interesting.
2: Doctor, like we want to thank you so much for coming on the show, spending your evening with us. Our audience certainly appreciate appreciates it as much as we do. Uh, we have so much positive feedback. Uh, and we want to thank you, and we wish you the best, and we're going to keep you in our prayers, you and your wife and your ministry and uh, and your book. Uh, and we can't wait wait to read your book, and, and we uh, pray for, for a quick and a content-rich-on-the-precepts-of-the-Lord finish.
0: Amen. Uh, I appreciate that. And as soon as I get my first case of books uh, from Tom, I'll, I'll make sure I send you both a copy. I'll send two this time.
2: <laughs>
1: well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Dr. Michael Lake, Kingdomintelligencebriefing.com. Thank you so much, sir, for your time tonight. We really appreciate it. It's been God, a, my a pleasure. Friend. All right. Until next time. Folks, that'll do it for us tonight. And thank you so much to everyone for, for joining us and, and uh, tuning in. Again, listeners from all over the world tonight, thank you. Thank you, thank you for your belief, your trust in us, uh, offering so much to the program. Uh, tomorrow night we've got um, another special program for you. I'm, I'm drawing a blank here, Joe.
2: We don't have a guest tomorrow night.
1: And yeah. it's just
2: us, all right. Thanks just for the Just us, and uh, we have a guest uh, hey, oh, yeah. next week. Uh, we are guest-heavy. Uh, Russ Dizdar will be on Monday. We have Stan Tuesday. On when, uh, Thursday, Paul McGuire, Jerry Robinson Wednesday uh, from Follow the Money Daily. and I, I just want to say, be, before you go further, tomorrow night, and uh, before I forget,
1: because heavens, I, hurry up. I, I don't tell you right before the show, I know, uh, tomorrow night we might be joined with a very topical realm, guest. I'm just working on okay. getting this done, so we'll talk later. I'll be surprised
2: like the audience will be. Me too. All right. On behalf of Doug and Joe Hagman and our point man for programming, JD of Neptune Diaries, Rhonda of com, and our news director, rooted really deep behind the jihadist enemy lines in America, Joe Charles, our producer of studio operations, Eric Tech. thank you, Todd, at Global Star Radio Network, and from all of us here at the radio and television studios of the Hagman and Hagman Report, have a good evening. Good night.
0: This is the Global Star Radio Network.